Welcome to Powerful Friends, your casual whirlwind tour through the colorful cast of characters that make up the world of destiny. Uh, I'm Matthew, and this week our powerful friend is Osiris. I'm joined by... Dibs. Hi, it's me. Welcome. Hi. We have... uh, This is a big one. This is a big one. (laughs) Yeah, okay, Uh so... uh, was looking at the lore a little bit before uh-huh. getting started here, and I was looking at the count, and does Osiris have more lore than any other character? I think the only character I've seen with, like, okay, so, like, if I look at Ishtar Collective, and I look at the summary items, mm-hmm. 91 lore entries, 15 uh-huh. grimoire entries, 41 transcripts, 12 records, 353 items, 88 interactions. I think the only other person who might come close is Drifter. It's a lot. Let's see. How many How many lore entries? 90, yeah, 91. 91, huh? 91, huh? Yeah, uh, Drifter has Drifter has 94. Uh, okay. I was like, oh, you know, it's definitely got to be someone from who was in D1 also who, who has been building up lore this no whole way. time. So I was like, oh, Rasputin. Uh, do you want to guess how many lore entries Rasputin has? It's 49. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty beefy. Uh, we got a beefy one today, folks. Big old pile of grandpa beef that we're going to uh-huh. dig into here together. No, uh, grandpa beef is it's saint. Oh, yeah, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So, <laughs> so Osiris. Here's, I, I got a quick question. Matthew, do you uh, like Osiris? Uh, my, okay. Maybe. I, my problem is like... I don't know. I, I like just reread. Uh, no, I just read the um, the old comics that came out mm-hmm. around uh, Curse of Osiris, mm-hmm. and it's like I, I have a hard time understanding Osiris as a character because just like it, it, he spans such a wide array of time that like I mm-hmm. kind of I kind of feel like his characterization feels a little inconsistent to me. Um, it's interesting, partic- particularly maybe in that comic when when maybe oh, it was the- not clear who Osiris was going to be maybe yeah yeah I think coming out of that comic might might have a different energy yeah like I think I going through a bunch of this lore I really really like Osiris as a character I think like I've come to realize that Osiris exemplifies for me some of my favorite things about characterization something that I think Destiny does really well which is he is a very messy boy he has Mm -hmm. a lot of like really weird conflicting motivations and takes actions that seem very counterintuitive based on all of the weird shit that's just like going on with him and how he tries to manage it and parse it and get it all together and I like that big tangle of weirdness that I think does come together through the lore into a pretty good consistent picture of a person what I didn't expect going back and reading it is to actually realize that I think I might actually like I, I like Osiris as a person. Mm. I think he is a, a dick and I think he fucks up, but <laughs> I, I feel like where I'm coming out of this, and this is something, I'm, I feel like if I knew Osiris, he would actually be a friend of mine, but I would be so exhausted with him all the time. Um, <laughs> well, now you know how secure feels felt. Right? Which mm. is a surprising outcome. I was yeah. like, this guy fucking sucks, like coming into this. And then I like digested a bunch more of this, um, some for a second time and some for a first time. And I was like, Man, buddy, you got to just get it together. You got to mm-hmm. get it fucking together. Oh, but I do. I love it. It's great. I'm really excited to talk about him today because I think he's good. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. He's also, it's, it's interesting because like I'm looking at, you know, I'm thinking about like my, particularly like when he's like on camera in year 
one four no year four Mm -hmm. um you could i barely remember anything about that that expansion it's very i don't know it's not really anything i think Mm -hmm. yeah so matthew what's your what's your summary what's your your quick quick take on who osiris is uh my abstract summary is that osiris is your gay uncle who did a lot of cool shit in the 60s who's into Mm -hmm. some absolutely buck wild conspiracy theories um Mm -hmm. but actually is is right about them okay i like that one that's great mine is osiris is an arrogant little shit who is equally (laughs) unable to ask for help as he is to stop fucking around and finding out Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of fucking around and finding out with osiris i think yeah constantly and he like he he fucks around. He continues to find out, and then he fucks around again, like <laughs> over and over and over again. Ugh, my guy, buddy. Uh, a, an interesting thing that and we'll we'll get into this more, but uh, an interesting thing that like came out of kind of digging around into this is just like Osiris is also a very curious character. Um, yeah. And and I think maybe why there is some kinship between between him and Crow. <laughs> When you said that, it made me realize that I actually have an alternative summary for Osiris, which is what if, um, you know, someone was simultaneously doing a a physics PhD and a poetry master's at the same time, (laughs) Uh and that was someone who you had to, like, talk to, Mm -hmm. and that talking to that person was as annoying and yet inspiring as you would imagine that combination of people would be. Mm -hmm. But uh, his, his boyfriend makes really good barbecue and is just like a super chill dude. And so you like going over to their house. So let's see. So the first, which is we have a lot of material now these days. Like we have a record in the lore book, The Pigeon and the Phoenix, which came out during the season of the dawn that tells Osiris and Saints stories like pretty well fills in gaps that we had missed, including a moment where we see the youngest version of Osiris that we've ever seen, which is when he is hanging out in the woods by a fire, baby guardian Osiris, who um, is still an old man. <laughs> like, I love that, like, <laughs> no. which is something that brings up a really interesting point. Like, he is rezzed and seems to be rezzed at, like, age 50, which makes me really curious as to, like, when we get rezzed as guardians, do we get rezzed at the age that we feel like our soul is? You know what I mean? Are we just, like, this is the truest form of myself, and so, like, this is the self that I come back to be? And do we age? Like, is it the type of thing where, like, after 200 years, we put on another five or something? No, right? Like, we keep coming back at that self that makes the most sense to us and then we kind of like psychologically age when we get tired you know like Zavala's <laughs> getting a little bit worn down but that's it right like I I think we are we are kind of like frozen in time I, I have to interpret this as like uh, your guardian is roughly the form of like that you were when you died um mm-hmm. like when you're when your original uh pre-guardian self died that's Um, where you're at yeah but yeah um so i'm gonna read out like two parts from this these two introduction sections called moth to flame oh which that title also man (laughs) i love him he's so sad like he can't stop he can't Mm -hmm. stop fucking around and finding out so this this one reads cinders spit washing faint light over osiris's lone face the woods behind him formlessly melt into midnight nothing sagira moves across his shoulder distant serenity she is a small diamond 
instilled isolation, a playful flitter blinking a long thermal plume. Pensive focus slows the physical. He is alone in the world. Intrusion no more. There is a point in the depth. It cannot be viewed directly. Delve, dive, deeper. The fire is going out. Cloying worldly noise rushes back in. Hmm? Aren't you cold? I wasn't. Osiris rubs his brow and stirs the fire. Thank you, Sagira. It's not going to get any clearer just because you want it to, Osiris. You need time. Osiris clenches his jaw. He feels himself standing in wide shallows, gaping at unrecognizable profundity. Why did you choose me? Osiris's voice is hollow. He flattens a palm for Sagira to perch. You have a spark. Her voice is warm air. The fire pops. A spark. Frustration lines his face. This world is dying over and over again. So were you. I dragged you back. Sagira allows Osiris's hand to cradle her shell. I raised you until you could stand on your own. You'll do the same for them, in your own way. Her words linger in his ears with sweetness. I don't have your patience, Sagira. He takes in a slow breath and lets it out. And then uh, some really shitty iron lords show up at his campfire, basically Mm -hmm. saying, like, you're burning our wood. If you're going (laughs) to burn wood that belongs to someone else, I'm going to cut your arm off or I'm going to kill you, you shitty old man. Sure. Like, just yell at him. And he's like, he says, uh, given immortality and all you can think to do is grab what's around you. What a waste. And this shitty, uh, you know, warlord is just laughing at him and being like, well, cool. I'm just going to kill you. And Osiris is like, are you sure about that? Think about it. I'm going to give you a minute to like turn around and change your mind. And the guy's like, no, no, I'm covered in guns. I have a ton of people with me. You're a shitty old man who needs to show me respect. And so I'm going to kill you. And so there's this part that just says, which I think I want to read these two because it's like the contrast of Osiris, right? Uh, I have a dozen guns at my back. The warlord puts pitted iron to Osiris's hood. I have a spark. Flame engulfs Osiris, erupting into wings that cast back the night from the shadows. A white, hot blade extends from his hand. In one swift motion, Osiris cuts the warlord down to a sizzling heap, snatches his stunned ghost from the air. His gaze shifts to the people to catch sight of their backs as they run into the woods. His attention snaps to the ghost. Why this man? Osiris douses his flame. Get off me! Sagira compiles herself back into existence. You, sister, help! Okay, hey, he's not going to hurt you. Talk to me. Pretend like he's not there. (laughs) Sagira aligns herself (laughs) directly in front of the ghost. Their irises lock and twitch erratically in sequence. Oh, let him go. Osiris releases the ghost. Dissipates Sagira? He needs someone strong, a fighter. Nothing more? Sagira pauses. The traveler was wounded when it created us. That pain echoes. Some of us make choices we shouldn't. Some of us are scared. The process isn't streamlined. Flaws. Osiris shrinks against the forest's aphotic density. If there are flaws in the light, then it could be corrupted. It is not indomitable, and so in time would be challenged. So, like, this is just the first time Osiris exists, period, in the lore. And I think it's really important and beautiful because, like, first of all, it speaks to the fact that Osiris and Sagira, like, love each other and need each other. The fact that one of the first times Osiris speaks in lore, he says thank you to Sagira for reminding him to put one on the fire so he doesn't get too cold is really soft and important and something you would never ever sort of associate him with if you just sort of hear him in game and don't see these parts of the lore. And the fact that he's always like far back in himself, this thing of like 
delve, dig deeper is something that like keeps coming up for him. And this contrast of him being someone who is tired and full of sympathy for the world and wants people to be better and wants to figure out how to build a future that is brighter, but at the same time is full of so much bitterness and fury for people wasting their chances and is also just a really big badass who can just destroy shit when he wants to. And I think those are key parts of Osiris for me that come right to the surface in his very first moments of existence. Osiris is like, he's kind of like this fantasy of like, he's Gandalf, right? He's like super smart and super powerful and like tired tired, um, and gay and has all of this like, furious power that he chooses to keep unsheathed but is like like oh no don't <laughs> don't fuck around with gandalf like he'll fuck you up um if you he will just, fuck you up he will absolutely like, fuck you up with that with that appreciation for like all that life can be right like when you can see how like bright existence is mm-hmm. it's interesting that it comes hand in hand with this utter cynical willingness to cut down anything that tarnishes that or throws that away it's just mm-hmm. this idea of like this is so fucking unbelievable look at this look at grass look at this shit that exists holy <laughs> shit can you believe this this is a miracle like how can you just like look at like an infinite amount of miracles and then just show up at an old man's campfire and be like i'm gonna cut your arm off because i own that wood like mm-hmm. no i'm gonna murder you like <laughs> The rage that comes with that level of appreciation for life, I think, is is really interesting. It's, it's also, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I really, I, I like the Dark Age quite yeah. quite a bit. When when they make the HBO series, um, I want them to set it in the Dark Age. That would I, be so sick. Fellwinter shit. Yeah, they can also, like, that's a period where you can kind of, like, do a lot of shit without too much. You can kind of, like, contain the repercussions mm-hmm. by, by way of time. Yeah, are you um, kidding me? Deadwood Deadwood meets Destiny? Fuck oh, me up. Please. Fuck me up. Please. I'd be set for life. That's everything I need. <sighs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm fanning, Let's I'm write fanning some myself. Let's, yeah. <laughs> Let's write some TV. I, uh, 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 John HBO, if you're listening. Uh, John HBO, please, yeah. Um, Give us whew. a call. Um, but, but yeah, like uh, it's also interesting to think of like um, uh, Osiris and Drifter like running around in the same era as like two like diametrically opposed characters um Mm -hmm. of you know just the rat like running around through you know bits of driftwood trying to find salvage where he can um and and osiris just being tired and infinitely powerful yeah i mean the thing that's so wild about this is like we see from other characters that are um new in uh existence new lights especially in the dark age Mm -hmm. they have to figure shit out like it takes them a while to figure out how to use their powers uh to use their super abilities you know as we call them in game like i remember this bit i think it's in the fellwinter lore where fellwinter's like running and runs into another exo and the exo's like oh i can like show you how to do this arc staff thing like it took me a while but like let's learn it together and they have to like get there in baby steps and osiris is just like yeah motherfucking dawn blade just like i came with this shit i was born this hot like let's go and it's just like part of who he is you know i'm curious there's like uh, there's some interesting stuff like when you start thinking about like how like in-game abilities developed in fiction like i I think like particularly like golden gun is like kind of the iconic one of like oh no 
Golden Golden Gun has like a particular history, and like oh, yeah. uh, we learned that a particular way. And you know, uh, John Golden Gun is who invented it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sorry, I'm not, a, a I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a hunter main, so I don't know who what his actual name is. Well, Titans made the Golden Gun. <laughs> I am out. But uh, yeah, and then like you know, do we think like Osiris is like where Dawnblade comes from? Possibly. I don't know. I think like, and this would be a fun thing to get into. It's like maybe a bonus episode or something, mm. but I like the idea that your light comes out of you in some raw form. And then I think there's different ways that that gets shaped and perfected into the the trees, right? Mm-hmm. That we know. Like, I think it's either like, yeah, this came out of me and this is like my expression of violence through the mm-hmm. light because that's what it always is which is something that Osiris talks about a lot which I think is super interesting and it gets it gets like channeled through like practice and adaption which is sort of like the hunter way or it gets channeled through like academia and study right like mm-hmm. we see this happening in different ways like we see the titans being like hell yeah like show me that hammer thing and then we see <laughs> warlocks like you know gather together in libraries being like okay the nature of the void right and like <laughs> it's yeah. starting to like break it into parts and i think that's really neat well it's also like a curious thing of like particular objects um like the golden gun like this has to be everyone summons the same golden gun because there is like this shared folklore about it right like well yeah and because it's thorn but like Wait, that's a different thing. Thorn? Wait, what? Yeah, we'll talk about that another oh, day. <laughs> uh, wait, I thought it was the last. I thought it was the last word. I think it's a combination. I think oh, it's. Okay. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's. I think it's when two men love each other very much. They, they ruin a, a child, and that child makes a gun. Okay, um, all right. Mm. That changes the world. But okay, well. Oh, we have to fucking talk about Rezzle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lo- I'm so excited to do a Rezzle. That would be a good one. Um, I love him so much. Another uh, crumbling mess of a person holding mm-hmm. it together uh, yeah. for the sake of, of helping people. But but yeah, so um, we get to know Osiris through this first bit about like how he exists. And then he, <laughs> he uh, decides to come through to the city right the, in mm-hmm. the dark age everyone's scattered and trying to survive and then the city starts to try and build itself up as something right the last city everyone come through we're doing something we're making a town we're trying to bring it together um zavala's here laying bricks mm-hmm. he gives you a thumbs up it's great <laughs> and there's this uh <laughs> uh this is actually a great description in this bit of what the last city was like light bears dot the landscape heaving great loads of metal to the burgeoning walls melting beams together with solar light or scanning for distant threats all along the many watchtowers that border the city-like lighthouses guiding the lost to safe harbor Ghosts project diagrams and schematics to steer the hand of each worker. One man pulls a crude cup from a bucket. It drips clean water as he lifts it to his lips and drinks deeply. Um, so it's just like everyone coming together, right, and building the stuff up. And uh, Sagira and Osiris come through just as, like, wanderers, like anybody else. And Sagira's kind of hyped. She's like, ooh, I see a lot of ghosts. I see a lot of people. This is interesting. And a little bit nervous because everyone's a little on edge at this point in history, mm-hmm. right, about being close to each other. And Osiris is here because the traveler is here they built the city under the traveler and he's looking for answers he's always like delving digging deeper right he's looking for this and so he thinks being close to the traveler is the best way to learn things and as he's standing in the city first time he's been like around people seeing all of this getting hungry for the knowledge that he thinks he can find um this this thing happens 
An aroma of peppered meat draws Osiris towards a central square full of scattered materials and low cinder chunk walls propping up scrapyard rifles. An armored exo shuffles between cooking grills inside mm. a ring of rubble. Mm. It sounded grander, Sagira muses, surveying the tent city remnants in the distance. Rumors always do. It's not quite the foothold oasis Fellwinter spoke of, but it's a start. What could be grander? The exo chief clatters half a dozen wooden Fuck. plates of food onto a rough stone counter. This is hope, Guardian. Quiet days like these. Soon there will be more. I'm going to try and do the voice. So, is, apologies. Uh, wait. Uh huh. So, Saint is a. Saint does grill. He's just. This is we, why I always talk about him grilling. Okay. Because I see. this is how. Okay, right, wait. All right, let me just finish this bit. Uh, I am no guardian, just meeting a friend. Osiris looks to a far tower jutting over the encompassing construction, solitary in the shadow of an ominous uh, white orb. I will be your friend. Come, sit, eat. There is enough for you to join us. I am Saint 14. Osiris eyes the plated meat and the smoking grill before glancing back to the distant fortifications. I'm sorry. I need to read this one more time because mm-hmm. this is so important to me. Osiris eyes the plated meat and the smoky grill before glancing back at the distant fortifications. You could do the work of 20 on that wall. It is their wall. Should they require assistance, they only need to ask. Saint-14 extends a plate of food towards Osiris and arranges his face plates into a smile. <laughs> Since he's not going to introduce us, this is Osiris and I'm Sagira. It's nice to meet you, Saint. This meeting scene mm-hmm. is so important to me. It's literally Osiris showing up, Saint be running Okay, he's running like six barbecues at once. Like yeah, he's of in a ring of barbecues held up by cinder blocks. He sees this little cutie come through and is like, uh, hey, you wanna? <laughs> I'm gonna take a break. Uh... You want, uh, get, sh- you get the apron. I'm gonna just, yeah, watch it for a sec. Hello, turn, turn, turn I, I have some uh, pulled pork if you're interested. You wanna <laughs> sit down? And Osiris literally turns around, looks at this motherfucker and is like, you are so buff as fucking hell. You uh-huh. know you could be doing the work of 30 of those people. Do you yeah. know how ripped you are? Do you know how jacked you are? Have you seen you? Have are you, you aware that you? you're big, actually? <laughs> yeah, maybe I will sit down and yeah. have some barbecue. And then there's like the next one, which is Foundations Part 2. They sit and they have like a cute little meal together. And now, it's really nice. Now, Dibs, I've heard of a meat cute, but oh. this is ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Have some, it's so have some good. barbecue with this tall drink of water. Uh huh. It is pulled pork. Life is art. Saint stands to line the grill with shaved pork. Oh, let's it's go. Actually, thing. pulled pork. Okay, great. Oh yeah. my god. They've always bonded over over pulled pork. Oh, it's really cute. And he's just um, he's he's excited to help Osiris like get settled into the city. Maybe you know if you need some more help getting settled in, I can show you around. You know. Oh wait! My, oh my God! This my is so good. Places. This is the end of their conversation. Um, all this Saint Fourteen gestures to the borders of the city. It is breath. People are better if they have a moment to breathe. You think so? Which is just like Osiris is like, yeah. You think people are good? I do, <laughs> and I think you will come to see I am right. Ghosts make the loop. Sagira laughs. Maybe. Thank you for the food, Saint Fourteen. You are welcome. Osiris's shoulder slacken. Does this taste burnt to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> what a good lore book. Oh, man. Yeah. So 
that's that's how they meet. That's how Osiris and Saint Fourteen meet each other, mm-hmm. eating barbecue in the city, and Osiris telling Saint that he's jacked as hell, and then them arguing about a little bit whether people are good or not. I I like, oh oh, oh no, uh, sorry. I was just like in my head. I was like trying to assemble a montage of like the two of them eating the same meal together mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. like centuries and centuries and yeah. and you know what in some of those middle parts they're not they're not with each other yeah and they're not with each other for a long time and that's yeah. sad yeah but so this is how osiris comes to the city i think there's a bunch of parts here that we we don't see you know the city coming together people starting to live in it uh osiris continuing to do work and build theories i think the next time we see osiris is six fronts right that that seems right because that's also like that's fallen perspective lore right yeah yeah exactly um which is sort of like so six fronts is like hey we built this cool city that's supposed to protect everybody and then oh guess what uh people uh want something safe right the elixni mm-hmm. would love a big safe city um and so the elixni do this like concentrated attack against all six fronts of the city and that's that's an attack that seems like it's gonna succeed until it doesn't part of which is due to osiris there's a description of six fronts in this like elixni poem that's in the grimoire uh second volume and there's this one section which is verses 401 through 407 that reads fearful were kirovix's firebreaker foes as back they fell we thought the white orb whirlwind maker we had won but alas, lovely Kirovik's laughter was not long lived. Before the barriers of broad-shouldered Dindans broke, she was slain, singing to the sphere, Boasycris, the Wurlux who, wound, uh, who wended his way unwatched through the warland. Remember Kirovik's and the righteous who halted, ravaging Radagast. Which just, uh, the image of being an Elixni, fighting this war, they smash through the Titan blockade. Like, all the Titans try to block the Elixni from getting to the city, and they're just shattering it. And there's a piece of lore in the same lore book written from Saint's perspective, where he's, like, trying to hold it together. His friends are dying. It's, like, all falling apart. And then Osiris just shows up alone and Mm -hmm. just wrecks it. Just, like, wrecks shop, pushes the Elixni back completely on his own, gives the Titans enough time to rally and fill in the gaps, and... um, and saves the day, which, you know, Saint is there watching. How can you, in my mind, this is when Saint falls in love with him, is when he sees Osiris, like, pop like a supernova into existence <laughs> and save hundreds of his friends, um, mm-hmm. which is really sick. And there's also a really good lore book that's describing what the experience is like for Osiris trying to save as many people as possible during Six Fronts, and it's incredible. Um, I'm not going to read it out because I think that you should read it yourselves because like the cadence of it really does a lot of work but it's basically him being like I'm in 200 places at once like he's splitting himself into multiple versions in order to save people all across the city like he's in front of the titans throwing dawn blades pulling another one out of existence there's a hunter who's screaming and suddenly he's there like he's tearing himself to pieces in order to like save this entire army and it's it's incredible wait has has Osiris always had timey-wimey stuff going on with him? So I don't know. Uh, The way that it's written in this book um, is very suggestive of, of, like, him doing that stuff. You know what Mm. I mean? Him being like, I am am everything and I am nothing. Like, I am 
uh, tearing myself apart. Uh, it's called Thin, this lore book. It, it's basically like what's happening in his brain when he rips himself apart into all of these stretched thin pieces of his light in order to snap back and forth to all of the different fronts at once. And there's lore of people remembering this battle being like, I saw Osiris on the Western front. And someone's like, no, I saw him on the Eastern <laughs> front at the same time. Like, <laughs> and that's, uh, that's pretty wild. And then, like, at the end of this battle, um, they all get together. Uh, there's an entry called Breathe, where everyone's sort of, like, catching their breath. And Shax is like, yo, you're badass. What the fuck? Who are you? <laughs> like, how did you do that? And they all sort of regroup. And Osiris is, like, there, but he's bummed. He's like, a lot of people died. Like, I almost broke myself into a thousand pieces, and still a lot of people died. I think it's one of the early ones, and this has been a thing with his lore throughout, but I think this lore book really brings home. Osiris has a very complicated relationship with the nature of the violence that makes the light. Mm. Like, he has a lot of resentment for the fact that the Traveler lets death happen, and that the way the Traveler has gifted them with light is through violence. Like... I get this vibe reading a lot of this lore that he's consistently haunted by this idea of like, is life by nature violent? Like, will we ever be able to escape this cycle of violence that like kills and kills and kills? And is this all that we're ever going to be? Um, and I think that like one of the reasons I think it's really interesting to feel his struggle with that is because he feels it so true to himself, right? Like he will kill people. Mm-hmm. Without pause, especially he if he cut an iron hurt. lord in half with a blade of flame. Yeah, he'll just be like, "No, you're done." And yeah. I think that there's a part of that that like gives him a sense of hopelessness and a sense of, I think like he has this hopelessness of like, if I have this light in me, if the traveler, if this is what the traveler gave me, does that mean that violence is always the end game? That sucks, and I mm. feel bad about that. But I also feel how true it is for me personally. And so all of this work I'm gonna do. There has to be something deeper than this. There has to be a way that I can build instead of just destroying. Like, he's always trying to build because I think he's so sad that Mm. the thing that he so naturally is is something that destroys things, you know? Yeah. So does he he become the Vanguard commander in the wake of Six Fronts? Uh Uh-huh, and it's really cute. Um, There's web lore... (laughs) that describes it i think uh i think it's just called vanguard commander yeah the web lore is just called vanguard commander and is this about osiris becoming vanguard commander or saint becoming vanguard commander after hmm. yeah it's both at the same time so they are standing together like looking out at the battlefield and osiris is like making fun of the fact that saint 14's uh commander title is hilarious and he's kind of like riffing on him for being like your dad is such a politician. Saint's dad was like the speaker of the city, which is basically like the prime minister or whatever of mm-hmm. the city. And uh, Osiris is giving him a hard time about that stuff. And he's basically saying like, but you've done a good job. Like you, uh, this is a good job for you. And Saint's like, I can't keep doing it though, is the thing. Because my dad wants to send me out to, and this is the quote, strike first at the fallen. Mm-hmm. Like, His dad is going to send him out there to kill a bunch of fallen off world as like a preemptive strike, which is rough. Um, (sighs) And Osiris says, so it says, take the fight to the fallen, seek them out beyond our borders, find whatever they are, strike first and hard. This is precisely what I mean when I say the speaker likes to lead you astray. Osiris mutters. 
and Osiris starts talking about the fact that, like, he says, the fallen are not so different from us. How hard would you fight if the light were taken from you? And he's basically like, your dad sucks. Like, your dad is using you as a weapon that he can just point at things. And mm-hmm. that's not fair because there are things that weapons don't deserve to be pointed at. Let me, well, we'll get there. But the speaker, as a, as a, like a character who seems very major, but, you know, we got very little of in D2. Going back to those comics where we see a lot of the speaker, hey, mm. fuck the speaker. Um, the speaker sucks. <laughs> um, extremely not a fan of it. Yeah, yeah. And Osiris also extremely yeah. not a fan of the Sorry, speaker. Um, um, Osiris is right. Yeah. I, I, I was shocked when I read all this lore about how much Osiris is fucking right about. Mm-hmm. You know, he is really arrogant, which can make it a little hard to be like, yeah, he knows what he's fucking talking about. But he does, like, most yeah. of the time. And in this case, he totally does. But then Saint's like, Saint really turns it around on him and he goes, yeah, so I got to go do that. Um, I love my dad. And so I am going to do it. And by the way, I told them to give you my job. And Osiris is like, what? You did fucking what? Uh And he's like, yeah, I told them you would actually be the best person for it because you actually do care about people and you actually are good at this. And Osiris is like, wait, you're actually going to let me get into all that shit? Like for a minute, he's like, you're going to let me read all these secret archives? (laughs) Like you're going to let me like get into the vaults you're gonna let me control spies like you're gonna let me see all this shit and saints (laughs) like i am because i think you're someone who cares about people and actually wants them to be safe and so yeah do it yeah and osiris is like yeah i will and it's the way he says like yeah i will is very much written as like yeah give me those books like i want to learn as much as i can Uh uh-huh but you know it's also yeah. because he's like, I think I can take care of people more responsibly than the speaker can. So, okay, wait, hold on. A, a timeline of Vanguard Commander positions. Saint 14 for 30 seconds. I, I think it might have been a little longer, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, do we do we know who was Commander before Saint 14? No, I think this was when they put it together for the first time. Because there, okay. is, a, there is a lore book where they're all like talking about how what to do like what is the vanguard command gonna look like and it's another one which is like this is where the speaker and osiris's shit like starts from Mm -hmm. is the speaker being like we have all these factions in the city right like we have all of these little groups and they all are pushing for the change they want to see and they all want representation and it's getting very messy and people are going to start fighting and it's going to be a real bad time and like the original vanguard is like talking about this which is like tolua fairwind um saint and osiris and the speaker and uh i think a couple other people are are in the room for that conversation too like maybe ikora but i don't know for sure and in any case the speaker is like here's what we're gonna do we're gonna have anyone who's done violence you're out you're banished any factions that are left if someone thinks they've done violence we're gonna investigate it and if it can be proven like in quotes they're out too. And then each of these factions can make a pitch to us about why they deserve representation and the ones that make the best pitch can stay and everybody else is going to have to fuck off. Everybody else is going to have to leave and they won't get a voice. And Osiris is like, you can't just tell people whose voices matter. Like you can't just be the person who says you get to speak and you get to speak, but not you. That's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I'm gonna, because I got to do something. And everyone votes, and Osiris is the only one who votes, no, this is not how we should do it. And then that's sort of like the beginning of the end for that whole 
for Osiris's life in the city, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is the thing. You make a city, you defend a city, and then the real work is how that society comes to exist and how representation forms and what you do once you have that room to breathe. And inside of that is when um, Osiris starts to cause like <laughs> trouble in quotes. Uh-huh. And I, okay, so I, I took me a little while to be like, okay, what was the beef, right? Like, what did Osiris do that pissed people off so much? And I think it literally is just Osiris saying, we should understand the darkness. So th- this, uh, the comics show this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also like don't make it especially clear exactly like, Okay, so Osiris is the Vanguard commander. Um, The thing that I think is um, we're seeing a lot of is like Osiris is interested in Osiris's interests are not necessarily what the speaker thinks they should be. Right. Um, So this is uh, this is a groomer card from D1, Mm -hmm. the Osiris card, um, which is an interesting card because I'm also I'm not sure who who the author is of it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's. It, it is driven from a very particular perspective, but uh, you were a mighty warrior. I watched you at six fronts and heeded the call of St. 14 to appoint you Vanguard commander. Oh, is this the speaker then? It's the speaker. Yeah. Okay. Even when the Concordat claimed to have records proving you were a golden age experiment, misincarnate as a human by an inept ghost. St. 14 assured me you were just a man without much patience for obfuscation. Aww. I watched as you grew tired of strike missions and the grueling, unproductive sessions with the Cryptarchs. That was when I took you under my wing. I saw our future in you, but your curiosity was voracious. How much of Guardian's personality and memories were true? How much had been fabricated by their ghost? Did Guardians share particular personality traits? A willingness to yield to authority? A tendency to do anything anyone asked for the promise of uncertain reward? A blind knight-errant mentality? Had the Traveler manufactured all of you as living weapons? Hold on. I'm sorry. Uh Quick pause. Yep. Is Osiris concerned that the Traveler made itself a clone army? Um... Uh, the Traveler is Emperor Palpatine, uh, confirmed. (laughs) Yeah? For real? Like, Osiris is like, did they only res people who would take orders? Did it only res people who were inclined to violence? Did it only, like, do these things to make itself a little clone army that would just do whatever it says? That kicks ass. That's wild. I mean, like, I I think this speaks to uh, Osiris, like, Crow, like, Oryx, um, has at, at the core of him, like, curiosity. Um, you know, it's like warlocks are prone to want to delve into secrets, but Osiris is, like, that turned to 11. Um, yeah. Osiris is, like, the the poster boy of, like, wanting to know things about uh, this world that they have been dragged into. Yeah, and, and he's a cynic. Like, he wants to be a hopeful yes. person, which I think is why he falls in love with Saint, but, like, he is a cynical person who's going to find like when we get into the gardener or whatever, we will talk about if we think the traveler actually is, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Darth Sidious or whatever. Um, and would, would actually make herself a clone army just to go die, which I don't think we do, but like I, I, for him to be like having that cynical curiosity of why was I made? Why are all of us made? Was it just to serve an endless cycle of violence I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, is he's pushing against these questions that question the traveler, that question the nature of the light, that seek to understand the darkness better and understand what that dividing line is between the light and the darkness. And that's just it, right? It's just people being like, you got to chill the fuck out and just listen to the orb <laughs> and like trust that the speaker knows what's good for you. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 we got to like unpack this shit. 
and that causing strife and therefore people being like, this isn't going to work, right? Yeah. So speaker continues. Uh, I admit, I found your questions divisive and disloyal. I okay. figured you might be capable of... <laughs> of breaking our unity when the city's position had grown so tenuous. Why divert attention away from the traveler, our only hope? Mm. Um, so this last paragraph is like, gets into the beef, but like the, especially like reading the comic, like the speaker was a very, was a politician. Oh yeah. Is like the thing that like was not necessarily clear to me as a, as like a red war campaign player, um, where all we see of, it's the shittiest combination of church and state, right? Yes. Well, like in in that in that Red War campaign, we see we see the speaker as like a tortured prophet, um, yeah. and he is like that characterization <laughs> is like kind of um, I, I don't know. Like I came away from that thinking like, oh yeah, the speaker is good, um, and then well, he's mm. dead now, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. <laughs> we can say whatever we want. Yeah, Saint's not here. Yeah, right now for now in, in the living uh, room yeah yeah but but then yeah like going back it's like particularly in the comic like the speaker is very even like playing d1 a little bit like the speaker is i don't know the speaker in i haven't finished all the d1 campaigns but like the speaker is kind of a nothing character so far in like the the year one stuff that i finished mm-hmm. like you go and the speaker's like hey uh go here get out <laughs> Yeah, uh, look at look like, at my cool telescope all right bye if the speaker's like what's up i'm i'm a prophet i talk to god god talks to me god doesn't talk to you i know that's mm-hmm. a bummer for you and it makes you a little sad but god does talk to me and god said pay your rent yeah to it's, me it's <laughs> no. like the worst version of it's like the worst pope you could imagine um but like under this facade of like righteousness and like duty and order and things like that um yeah and i think there's a lore book that's like fully the speaker's perspective that like adds some new um shades there that's good but yeah we can uh it'd be good to do a speaker one at some point because there's a lot there's a lot of shit to dig into yeah this is the the final thing i'll read from this grammar yeah yeah uh and then it got worse dabbling in thanatonautics um which Uh um (laughs) okay sidebar about the Thanatonauts. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Thanatonauts are like uh, a sect of warlocks who think that they can like learn about the universe through death. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Toland like, was dying. super into it. Right? Toland was yeah. super into that. Um, they'll like they'll just like go throw themselves off a cliff and like resurrect mm-hmm. themselves like a hundred, two hundred times, thinking that like they'll be able to like learn something from this. Yeah, they're um, they're interesting. Um, dabbling in Thanatonautics, Ahamkara lore, chasing after Zur, and the, there's no accent on the, the mm. U and the Zur, uh, and the tricks of the Nine, launching expeditions into the reef and beyond at a time when ships were irreplaceable. Okay. Your quest split guardians along ideological lines. This was your greatest crime. Hunters chose to pursue your visions instead of protecting refugees. Titans assembled teams to chase a legendary vault of glass instead of striking the fallen. Mm. And warlocks turned away from the study of the traveler in favor of your ultimate obsession, learning the exact nature of the darkness. Right. So I like, I see this and I see uh, this is not necessarily about heresy. It's like, you're doing a bad job as the Vanguard commander. Yeah. Um, you like Osiris as Vanguard commander is, I think like very, 
I don't I don't mean this in a damning way, but like very selfish. Like yeah. he he wants to satisfy his curiosity. He wants to go f- find out all these things, but you know, the speaker is like, "No, we should be like protecting the city. We should be bringing people in. We should be f- the city is our main priority." And Osiris is like, "Nah, there's like mysteries of the universe out there that I want to poke at." <laughs> yeah. It's really good. I mean, that's why Osiris takes the job is to find secrets. He doesn't yes. take the job to be a good pe- protector of the people, right? Yeah. Like, and I think it's really, it's a really cool thing uh, because it's just like, yeah, these big secrets are important, but at the end of the day, like, does it even matter that much if you can't help people just be fed and feel safe? And like, that's the saint side of it, right? Like, saint is this side of the coin. It's like, I'm going to protect people here and now, and I'm not going to hold a whole ton of the complex I'm not going to have that meta view in my head because I feel so much reward and so much importance just making sure people are safe and fed right and Osiris Mm -hmm. is like no if you don't look at the meta then how can you even know that what you're doing right now is right at all like how can you even feel like it's ultimately worth it if it's not picking away the pieces at this greater truth because then you might realize you know when that greater truth comes to pass that there was so much more you could have been doing but weren't doing and it's like of course that's that's a um, unachievable quest. That's a fallacy, right? Like, this is, but he's gonna beat against it all the same. This is also like uh, I don't know. In a certain way, it's like also in line with their their bird sonas. Like, yeah. Osiris is the phoenix, and Saint is the pigeon. The pigeon is very like domestic. Is very plain in a certain way um like very of the city in a particular way matthew that's exactly like what his ship says it says like pigeons are one of the last things we Mm -hmm. have that survived and they are in the city and they're one of the small things we have to protect yes um but meanwhile the phoenix is like off on some cosmic adventure shit um uh, literally of another like realm of (laughs) of reality um Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's great it's really good um But yeah, so eventually uh, it breaks. Osiris gets exiled. He's got to yeah. go. The The comic shows us in a very w- weird way where it's like, it's particularly very tied to, <sighs> we have to talk about the prophecies. Um, it's particularly oh, tied I'm to sorry, like yeah. um, Osiris's cult of personality that has like mm-hmm. um, formed around him to his disgruntlement mm-hmm. um, where like we we see like a very first of all there's a lot of scenes in that in that comic where like Ikora is in the vanguard room as a student of Osiris's um but Osiris is like literally absent and and to the to the speaker's tremendous uh displeasure mm-hmm. um and the speaker is just like a huge piece of shit to Ikora um oh my god like it's just very dismissive of her generally is like I asked for Osiris's opinion not not a student um it's like get fucked the speaker um yeah um but you know we start seeing um we start seeing like a lot of and the comic is unclear like what exactly the prophecies are except like they do come true um also uh osiris makes some more prophecies in that comic that um we should talk about because they did come true later his Um, shit always i mean so the prophecies are like He's seeing shit when he's going into the Vex, like, infinite future simulations. Mm-hmm. And then he's turning, he's writing down what he sees. There's this great quote from Ikora where she's explaining the prophecies. It's in the item lore on West of Sunfall 7, which is a gun. Um, <laughs> go figure. And 
she says, uh, she's explaining like, okay, the prophecies are shit that he saw. We've got to understand prophecies always with the provision, of course, that prophecies are easier to interpret when you're looking back, right? You can kind of make anything fit. And then she says, as to why he had to write the prophecies in iambic couplets, simple. Vanity. He's literally just being like, yeah, I'm seeing shit. (laughs) And like, if it had been Saint or someone else seeing shit in the prophecies, they would have just like written down what they fucking saw. But Osiris is like, nah, iambic couplets. That's what I'm doing today. That's what I want to do with my time is write all of these infinite futures out into poems because I'm Osiris. At the end of, I think there's three issues of like the Osiris comic stuff. Um, And like most of them take place um, before, you know, before even D1, like in the city age kind of stuff. Um, And then the last one, um, uh, this is also we see Andal Brask. Um, yeah, uh, and and we see a lot of like the the speaker being a huge piece of shit, um, just like the the most petty tyrant, mm-hmm. um, like in a way that like I never would have. It it feels very much like wait who that guy the speaker this must be someone you're thinking of someone else, but um, the the final issue takes place after Curse of Osiris. And we see Osiris and Asagira reunited, wandering around the infinite forest. Yeah. Um, and then Osiris goes, is like fighting some Vex and, and like, you know, being good at that. Stopping time. Because um, mm-hmm. that's the thing that he can do in the... Sure. In yep. the infinite in the forest. forest. Yep. I mean, like, that was like that cutscene, right? That very first cutscene. And oh, yeah. Osiris is like, he stops time. But uh, Osiris and, and Sagira are talking. He goes to... Um, this weird barren wasteland full of plateaus, which like uh-huh. almost looks like the Black Garden, but like is devoid of life. And I only mm-hmm. say it looks like the Black Garden because like I associate plateaus with the Black with Garden. The Black Garden, yeah. Um. Uh, and Sigurd's like, "Where are we?" And he says, "The next front in the war. The sleeper stirs its hunger, insatiable. Its army endless." Um. And Sigurd's being her like i don't always like how sigurd is written um mm-hmm. sigurd is often on camera just like very like quirky in a little maybe too much way wait, oh wait fuck is that the fucking extra stranger god damn it uh-huh oh god fucking damn it um the teacher the, the teacher seeks the student but the student does not share her language he has created his own words fuck that's absolutely the extra stranger uh-huh. um um, and I'll remind you, this is published uh, in year one. One will fall on a tangled shore. He who rules nothing brings something back. The one who promises keeps the gift. And in a city in a cloud of dreams, she waits. Yup. Uh-huh. Sagira is like freaking out like, hey, Osiris, hello. Oh, oh you're God. you're doing prophecies. You can't. Uh, okay. The darkness will rise and choose its champions. They will be its hands, its will and its voice and some of the light will hear their words um and then he teleports to another place and he's like oh here's where the prophecies come from uh it's like a weird vex thing uh okay <laughs> this is this is so fucking good the other thing just to keep in mind is there's this there's this lore on traveler's judgment five that talks about the prophecies and the only fallibility that's like important to keep in mind with the pa- with the the prophecies they say is that Vex can't simulate light. Mm-hmm. They oh, uh, 
There's yeah. a thing about that yeah. in the comics yeah. also. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's go. Uh, well, uh, specifically, Osiris is like convinced that the Vex will learn to simulate light. Oh God, yeah. And uh-huh. then they will destroy the city with it. Um, yep. That's, so they that's can't... like. He is saying, like, the Vex are very important. We must fight them. And Spooker's like, nah, no. <laughs> uh, shut the fuck up. Um, and Osiris like, no, we should really be talking about the Vex. That prophecy's fucking great. I, yeah. I, I saw that bit about, like, how they don't simulate the light in the same bit on Traveler's Judgment 5, um, where there's a quote from another prophecy that says, A visitor ignites the sky, and in the truth of light it dreams. Above the dead and yet to die, a legion's blade with fire screams. And people think that this is prophesizing, like, what happened uh, with Gaul and the Traveler. But then people also recognize that the prophecies can't accurately predict what light is going to do. And so this person says, based on this, I must assume, one, either verse five does not refer to the Traveler's awakening, or two, Osiris has a prophetic resource at his disposal other than the forest, um, which is just, there's some good shit. These prophecies are cool. I, I mm-hmm. mean, I'm such a sucker for prophecies, though, like in general. So the theory in vogue right now with the followers of Osiris is that the fo- first five verses refer to the Black Guardian. Uh, that's great. It's very good. G- give me that one one more time. Give me that 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 one you read. I need to I need to sit on that. Which one? The one, the one with with uh, with crow. Wait, the one with crow. What? You said someone falls on the tangled shore. That's fucking crow. Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Sorry. One second. Okay. Here are the prophecies that Osiris delivers in the last, the last issue of the comic, in like one of the last pages. <clears throat> the sleeper stirs. Its hunger insatiable. Its army endless. The teacher seeks the student, but the student does not share her language. He has created his own words. Okay, uh, that's while, fucking Eris. While staring at a figure who uh, must be the the vex the exo stranger, must be must be Elsie. Wait, that one? Because I heard that one as the darkness seeking Eris, and Eris not sharing the language, and Eris interpreting the language. Well, I mean, like, like literally, like in this barren wasteland that he has teleported to, there is another figure. Um, it's snowing. It's mm. a silhouette, but like. Hold on, just exo stranger. I'm almost. Oh, there's like a scarf that's longer than the exo stranger. So like, mm, mm. maybe not. But like, uh, also, who the who the fuck else would be here? Um, sorry, do you want ice cream? Oh, I hear um, it. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I love uh being in this place. Uh huh. Yeah. One will fall on a tangled shore. All right. Yeah. He who rules nothing brings something back. That must be uh, Aldrin bringing back something for the Black Arden. Uh, the one who promises keeps the gift. Hmm. Um, hmm. Uh, and in a city, in a cloud of dreams, she waits. That must be Riven. So, like, that tells me that, that sounds yeah. like Forsaken stuff. Or Savathun. Yeah. Um, the darkness will rise and choose its champions. They will be its hands, its will, and its voice. Yeah, this is and some shit. of the light will hear their words. That mm-hmm. sounds like Beyond Light stuff to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also just like uh, the voice of the darkness. Like that's just our ghost. Like that's like Shadowkeep stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. That kicks ass. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the, the he teleports to a place in the infinite forest. And there's just like, oh, fuck. Is that, is that, a, is that a tree? Fuck. God damn it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to think of like how to describe this thing. It's like 
it's like the top of like a vex tower there is it's like a semicircle it has like these two big wings extending out to either side and there are like beams of light trickling out of it that are um i would describe them as being tree like mm-hmm. um thinking about like maybe like how time is represented um so yeah i think this yeah. is is this just like the oxa machine or something something like it like a machine to look into the future good shit yeah <sighs> yeah in any case osiris on some truth um yeah seeing some truth I, I, the thing that's fascinating to me that i want to call out about this is that which is looking ahead a bit, but Osiris's relationship to the prophecies and fate and history has changed. Like, I think at this point in his life, like at this point in the story, he thinks about this very much as like, there's a truth here. I'm going to find it. These prophecies are talking about things that will come to pass. And we hear him in the most recent couple of seasons talking about this stuff as being much more in flux. Like, he talks a lot about the fact that he doesn't actually think stuff is faded, that Mm. he doesn't actually think that there is a predisposition in in the shape of the universe, that he thinks we can change things and that we are changing things and that we actually don't and never will have a full appreciation for how much is in flux based on the very nature of the universe's flux, right? Like this is something that he expresses a lot in his more recent lore. And I think that's really interesting as like a a shift for him, right? Whereas this is just like, I'm going to get these pieces broken out. I'm going to line them all up. It's going to make sense and I'm going to solve it. And now he's very much like, that's never going to happen. The best I can do is try to have information, but I have to recognize the fallacy in that information as being as infinite as the possibilities that created it, right? Yeah. But yeah, anything else you want to talk about in terms of um, the prophecies or like why he left the city and that sort of stuff? Wait, um, in the comic the speaker is like, uh, I will, here, let me just pull up the page. But the, the gist of it is like, um, I am going to banish Osiris, particularly because like, there is all this shit from his followers. Yeah. Um, and like the speaker sees this and is like, this is heresy. Like his followers are like, o- Osiris is like, okay, um, I, I have entertained, these people and like i talked to them a little bit but they're like they're taking all my stuff the wrong way what i'm doing is science it's not mystical it's not magical mm-hmm. there's a really great sequence uh osiris is talking to ikora and he's like he's really frustrated that like they're getting his his research twisted i'll choose my words carefully my student i promise you once the fruits of my research are available to read without distortion the followers and the speaker alike will stand down they'll see that what i speak of of the future it's data-driven predictions, not some, some, and then you turn the page, um, and it's um, some guy on the street, like, holding a big book, shouting, prophecies, supplies are limited, please, form a line, and people are like, I'll pay double, give it to me, I'll pay triple, quadruple. Bitch, don't um, write them in couplets if you don't want people to turn them into religious text. Yeah, like- <laughs> and so, like, there's, like, there's this poster where, like, Osiris is, like, depicted very, like, heroically... Um, it's very like this ostentatious thing, like prophecies of Osiris. Learn the future. Know the traveler's true purpose. Prepare for the darkness. That's so um, funny. And the speaker sees this and is like, uh, and Saint is with the speaker trying to talk him down. Mm-hmm. And the speaker's like, collect them all, every copy, and burn them. I will not have this heresy infecting my city. Yeah. Um, and then Ikora so, like, says in another piece of lore that she did collect them like he said yes. but she hid them all in her secret in her own library because she doesn't believe yes. in burning books um but like they win in the comic at least when like the speaker is like by the way big big <laughs> i don't know like this 
version of the speaker is like so wild to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what they say of the quote unquote great Osiris. He's a hero, a warrior, a guardian, a scholar. But I speak for the traveler, and I know the truth. Wow, Osiris off. is an apostate, a deserter, a coward, <laughs> a traitor. My children, we must act. The fate of the traveler of humanity will be decided here. Osiris is a viper, a cancer, oh and we must cut him out. Like, the, uh, the, the speaker is just a heel in this comic. Like, it's that's wild. That's ridiculous, yeah. Um, like, yeah. sorry he's, you know, fucking your kid, but you don't have to yeah. go off like that on him. Uh-huh. Jesus. Um, and then, you know, like, the Shax and Ikora are in the room, which, like, Shax is not on the... I don't know why Shax is here. The comics are... Shax would not be there. Shax would be like, I, don't know I why. have better things to do with my time. <laughs> yes. Um, anyways, uh, but the, like, Osiris... Um, so, and I further move that should Osiris resist this ruling, such punishment must be brought to bear on him that he, he's, he's basically making the motion to exile. Um, and Osiris comes in and is like, that will not be necessary. Um, and basically just like does the, you can't fire me. I quit. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, some, some conflicting viewpoints about how that all went down. Uh, yeah. But he, he does leave, um, and is wandering around, uh, the universe seeking these truths. And there's a, there's a lore entry in the Pigeon of the Phoenix called Transient, which sort of captures the energy of this time well, I think. And it's a series of messages that are sent between Osiris and Saint. And there's, uh, they go on for a bit, but I just wanted to highlight a couple of these, um, or this one portion of them. And I think it's a good example of how the Destiny lore formatting can do a lot creatively with the way it structures. So each of these is like, has a name and a timestamp on it, right? And this one is Osiris 514-294. Is Ikora well? Are you? Saint 514-294. We are both disappointed, but we will live. Father cannot defend you any longer. Osiris 514-942 or sorry 294 i will speak for myself saint 517 294 that was quite the show where are you osiris 62294 finding answers we will speak soon osiris 929296 where are you these are these are uh these are uh, month, day, year format, right? Yeah. This is like city year 296, something like that. Uh-huh. And it's mm. rough because yeah, what that means sad. is like it's them texting a lot like early yeah. on. And then Saint asks, where are you? And it takes him like three weeks to answer and just uh, tell him like, I'll find, I'm finding answers. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. And then it's two years later and he's just texting where are you? And it's because yeah. Saint's trapped. He's been... Because uh, he went to look so... for him because he wasn't answering his texts. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, we, we see that moment on screen, right? Where, like, um, in that in that mission where you go and rescue Saint, you're rescuing Saint from uh, a fallen attack, right? Yeah. Um, and, then, and then Saint is like, oh, I have to go... I have to go to, like, the Vex. I have to go do Vex stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, I always thought it was weird that like saint is like saint is like kind of known i think in my mind as like being first and foremost like a, a loaded term but a crusader against the against the the elixir and then we see him like just totally shift track and like go to fight the vex wow. um which yeah because he's looking for osiris 
Yeah. Osiris is in nature. All right. Bye. Um, yeah. Because uh-huh. uh, like at this point, Osiris is like floating around, right? Like trying to find truth. They're texting each other occasionally, which by the way, like I think there's a really good moment between Sagira and Ikora where Sagira is like, you need to come with us. Like mm-hmm. this is what matters, right? Like we're finding the truth of things. Like you need to come with Osiris. We like, you're our friend. How can you not come with us? Like Sagira is actually really pissed at Ikora that she's going to stay at the city instead. And Ikora basically says like, if this is the way you're trying to help the world, then it's not going to work. Which I think is really interesting given we were talking about, like, I think Ikora really understands the fact that, like, there is knowledge to be found and there is truth to be found. But if you forget about taking care of people to do that and you don't think about the fact that if you write shit in iambic couplets, people are going to treat you <laughs> like a prophet and you're not holding responsibility for those types of things, it's not going to work, um, which is it's, why she doesn't go. I think I think this, like, this like text message thread I think highlights a, a really good character moment, um, yeah. and, and it is a very sad character moment of like just these last three lines of like Osiris six two two ninety four, finding answers. We'll speak soon. His next text is I have to assume this is two years later. Yeah. Um, of just like I, I don't know. Like I, I've also like I've been this person where like I'm I'm caught up in some shit and I'm like I haven't talked to Greg in a long time. What's Greg up to? And like you know maybe I'll maybe I'll reach out, but just like. I don't know, like, you get just, like, Osiris is a person who just gets so caught up in his own shit that he can even just get that that kind of, like, tunnel vision. Um, and then, like, oh, wait, Ooh. there's all of reality going on. Uh, I can't I can't just be locked up in my wizard tower. Or in, to, my, in the infinite forest. Like, I could honestly see yeah. this happening two ways. I could see this happening as, like, I think that happens to a certain extent, and, like, that's what happens to him between these two texts that are, like, mm-hmm. three weeks apart or something like that, where he's, like... Saint's like, where are you? And he's like, two weeks later, oh, I'm, I'm finding answers. Like, sorry, uh, we'll talk soon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, only he doesn't apologize because he never apologizes. I think this other one is actually, he thought he was fucking in there for like two weeks. Like, I, I, I think he completely, like not just metaphorically, but physically actually goes into the infinite forest, is doing all of this work, comes out. It's years later. And he's, he's texting Saint being like, where are you? And Saint went to find him years ago and is now trapped in there and dead. This sucks. Yeah. And that's what happens when you are too caught up in your shit. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, this is like maybe getting into, um, I don't know, like t- timeline stuff around Osiris is um, especially wonky. But yeah, like we, you know, th- we, this is not like necessarily the Saint episode, but like Saint goes into the infinite forest i think to rescue to rescue osiris right like like he walks into the infinite forest and like um there are a couple there are a couple times and this happens particularly around titans where there is just like uh the the they are engaged in a forever war story beat and saint 14 had this i think particularly like oh he was into the infinite forest and he was just fighting forever um just fighting forever and like we also see this with Sloane, uh, like Sloane goes and goes off to fight the Hive forever, and you know it, it's it's this kind of like it's almost like epic poetry, yeah, um, of like oh there's this infinite horde and this noble, this staunch defender of the light and and uh, you know everything that is good just never never stopped. They fought and, and never stopped, and they're still fighting now, um, except in the case of say fourteen. 
um, we went and we found his grave. We see it yeah. in game. Uh, and if you play a lot of Curse, Curse of Osiris and and get that mission, um, but like yeah. when you go to his grave, there are just like there are heaps of vex it's a parts. Mountain. It's of a vex mountain parts. of vex parts. Um, I mean, it's... he he dies killing the vex. Fight him until mm-hmm. they learn how to do that light. I think it's it's a light simulation or it's some weapon built out of his light. Like they simulate his light. Like they trap him in there long enough to simulate it. And then he dies killing the Hydra, I think it is, that has gained that ability. Mm-hmm. And that's his last stand is taking that thing down. And he tells Osiris like, don't worry, it's going to be okay because it took them thousands of years of killing me to do this. And I killed the thing that did it. Mm-hmm. So no worries. Yeah, we're good. Goodbye. <laughs> Um, and, th- and then, yeah, I don't know. And then, and then we get to Destiny 1. <laughs> yep. Or wait, um, Destiny 1. Well, I oh, mean, like... Wait, okay, I see what you're saying. I was this, thinking about this, this as, like, shit that happens in the, in the Osiris DLC. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Destiny 1 is always, like, hard to talk about because it's like, I, I haven't played through all of it. There's a lot mm-hmm. there. I don't think there's actually much Osiris stuff. I think it's a lot no. of, like, the Trials of Osiris rnd1 i think it's a lot of vance i think um, it's like a hey, osiris is like one of those mythical off-screen figures like saint 14 was for us for so long right mm-hmm. yes yeah for sure all right curse uh, of osiris curse of osiris um I- <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh real real quick okay did you played through curse of osiris right yeah i did too i played it through multiple times could not tell you what happened? I don't. Not because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> well, yes, because I wasn't paying attention, but mostly because like this was year one. I'm just playing Destiny casually with my friends. I didn't give a shit about the lore at this point. I was just like, gun good, video game gun good, bing mm-hmm. bing, cool. Uh, and literally went through all of these missions and couldn't say without actually looking something up today what happens i know that like uh sagira is here and becomes our ghost for a little bit she seems fine osiris is lost and then he isn't and we kill a robot and now osiris is is back um and people missed him and are weird on mercury and he lives in a little basement and like that's it that's like all i got from this dlc when it came out so i i I think uh a a problem with like osiris is like osiris has to feel like this uh, like seeing osiris or hearing from osiris directly feels very rare um yeah and i think that's for a particular reason and it like it ties into like Curse of Osiris you, who do you interact with like 90% of the time you interact with Sagira, Sagira in the yeah. in the missions you interact with Brother Vance who is like this uh, yeah Brother Vance is a particular fucking character I can't wait to do a Brother Vance episode that's gonna be a whole fucking time um, <sighs> but yeah Vance is there and Sad Osiris isn't um, as yes. far as I'm concerned in this DLC um, and, and it's it's all about like like Osiris is like not someone you ever really get to see, and, and you know like we see there like a couple there in like that opening cutscene we see Osiris like stopping time in the Vex simulation, doing he- <laughs> some like multitasking like Doctor Manhattan, Doctor Manhattan, Mister Manhattan, the blue man, the blue man, Doctor Manhattan, like Doctor Mis- Manhattan, I like Mister Manhattan, Mister Manhattan, 
Um, that's me when I take the train down into the city. Oh, um, Mr. Manhattan. Oh, is come. that Mr. Manhattan? Yeah. Oh, tip of the um, hat to you, Grand Central Station. <laughs> very, very much like on some big brain shit. Can't be, can't be bothered can't with be like bothered. everyday uh, small time shit. Like I have to solve mysteries of the galaxy. Um, uh, fashion is hell. Like this is the first time we see Osiris in person. Mm-hmm. And my guy walks out of that portal the most fashion bitch ever like he looks so good he, the way that his uh the 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 i call it a handkerchief but an, you know what i'm saying like the cloth that he pulls up over the his mask that like mm-hmm. covers the lower half of his face that little gold symbol and like how it accentuates everything he's just so on point osiris's fashion is is excellent um, mm-hmm. And I think he brings some big, some big bitch energy coming out of that portal, making making an entrance um, that he intends to. You know what I mean? But sorry, I I was like, what's up with the actual Osiris, like the one from the the, the god? Uh, what's up with that one? Well, um, yes, sun god, right? No, that's Ra. Uh, that's Ra. Uh, Osiris is the god of fertility, agriculture, the afterlife, the dead, resurrection, life, and vegetation in ancient egyptian normal religion. small amount of things normal, normal fine small amount, amount of things, things to yeah. be a god of yeah. <laughs> um uh he was one of the first to be associated with the mummy wrap when his brother set uh set 14 uh cut him up into pieces after killing him isis mm-hmm. is what okay yeah mm-hmm. oh, uh, join us join us next time for the uh egyptian mythology he's not uh, one of the ones that did weird um cum jokes on people what? That's a whole part of Egyptian mythology. What? They they play a lot of cum pranks on each other. <laughs> uh huh. Just uh, hmm. put that one in the box for yeah, later. Put that one in the, yeah. Uh-huh. If anyone wants a fun afternoon, look up the goofy jizz pranks that Egyptian uh, gods play Googling, on one another. Googling cum pranks. Uh, oh God. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. Uh. Anyway. Um. That's not a part of the Osiris that we get to see, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> no, that's for the fan fiction. Coming out of this, coming to this yeah. portal. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, Matthew. Do you have like a quick synopsis of what the fuck happens in this DLC plot wise? <sighs> we kill a Vex. Uh, this is Vex. this is like the Vex are very interesting, and like Osiris is very much like tied to the Vex. Um, like they're they're his passion project in the same way that like the hive are like Eris's passion project. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be weird to see. Well, I guess we do see Osiris fighting fighting the hive, but like it, it is. It, he seems out of his he's element. Out of his and element, and it mm, doesn't go well, does it? Huh? Yeah, it doesn't go well for him. Uh, stay stay in your lane, Osiris. Stay um, in your lane. Otherwise, you'll Sagira will pay the price. Get burned. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I, something that I do want to shout out just real quick is that. So, like, the actual plot of this fucking DLC, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, we kill a big robot. I don't think it has that much importance, especially lore-wise. Like, moving ahead, it kind of serves as an introduction to this character. I do think, actually, that the 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 Saint-14 quest line that we do as, like, back matter in the DLC, it was a pain in the ass when I was doing it, but I actually kind of loved it, and I kind of think it's really cool how it set the stage for the type of storytelling exposition that we get in Seasons now. Like, I think it tested some of that stuff out in a way that Mm -hmm. was a little bit too cumbersome and a little bit too, like, hidden off to the side, but the whole, I go, I collect a certain amount of a resource over time, each week I can, like, get a new gun unlocked and that gun is going to come with a little bit of a story and it's going to check one box off of like nine that I have to do in weekly missions in order to 
open up this cutscene and this cool finale moment to a story that I didn't know about before. Like, I actually think that quest was pretty cool. And it's the quest, of course, for us to like, what happened to Sade 14? Oh, here he is dead on a mountain of Vex mm-hmm. with a cool shotgun that I still have in my vault because it's really, it's really pretty. Yeah. I don't keep a lot of stuff in my vault. I have like four legacy weapons and that's one of them because oh. I love that thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about my vault. Yeah, it, it's weird. Like thinking if this was a thing now, the like the grave of a Saint Fourteen would be like um, a big story mission that was like the yeah. conclusion of like uh, an exotic like gun quest. I think when you got it, which it kind of was. I think when you got it, you got like what an emblem. That wasn't that it. You got the gun. You got? Did you get paradox? Paradox. Yeah. yeah. You got okay. perfect paradox. Perfect and paradox. It kicks okay. ass. Okay. So it's, like it's it a is. Gun. It is very much a model that I think they were feeling out in that in that time, and I appreciate that work because I think it's really paid off now, and I think that that's a, a format that's been iterated on and perfected to the structure we currently have that we all know and love. Yeah, um, they should make Perfect Paradox a exotic. Uh, well, there's already two versions of it in the game. So uh, well, yeah, third yeah. third time's third a charm. Time. Let's get Attempts that charm. exotic um, kinetic shotgun because um, yeah. we don't have enough of those. Well, uh, the only kinetic sh- exotic it's is chaperone. Uh, chaperone, which I know, there's no chaperone was. There's no kinetic uh, exotic so lightweight or anything it. like that. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. Anything oh, else you want to, yeah? Just think of a paradox, shotgun. Uh, perfect paradox is slug shotgun. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything um, about this DLC other than that? I, I mean, this was also like, for a long time, this was like, first of all, they did Osiris 30. Uh, like, they did. It was just like a nothing, uh, uh, it was a very rough campaign um everything was very dry the infinite forest was very repetitive it was you know all this stuff um but it's a very this is like the always the thing with like the vex is like in theory they're very cool in in action it's like uh kill a billion robots um and one big robot and it's like Mm -hmm. okay um stand on this plate to kill another Mm -hmm. robot and um also also hey remember mercury (laughs) god (laughs) um yeah, yeah yeah Uh huh. Yeah. I think it's fun that we get to like, for us in this podcast, cool that we get to go from Curse of Osiris, which was like a really big letdown DLC, right into Season of Dawn, which was like, I love that this started to happen where they're basically like, we're gonna fix the DLCs we did bad, and we're gonna mm-hmm. start with Season of Dawn. We're gonna do this like story and these sets of characters. We're gonna do right by them, and it's gonna yeah. be cool, and that's neat. Um, the only thing I wanted to call out quickly is a piece of lore from one of the weapons, and just because this came up during Curse of Osiris, um, it's a lore on Jack Queen King 3, where Ikora talks about how Osiris continued to tell her over and over again when she was his student that she would fail. Like, he's foreseen it. He's foreseen failure in her mm. future. And she says, perhaps what Osiris saw for me, what I experienced on Io was simply that I needed help, that most human of conditions, I needed to be in a fire team and to be a fire team for others in turn. How like Osiris to see that and name it failure. I won't make that mistake again. Which I think is just a really beautiful piece of lore and really exemplifies who Osiris is at this point in the story. Also uh, sad that this piece of lore is called Jack Queen King 3, which is about her fire team, which is Zavala Cade and Ikora. And that Osiris foresees a failure on her part. And she says, my failure is that I need a fire team. And I think the failure might actually be that, like, yeah, you need that fire team. And you're going to have a moment where you can't protect the people in it. And that's going to that's gonna suck for you. Yeah, I, Curse of Osiris, nothing. Season of Dawn, nothing. Uh, I think... I think 
Season of Dawn kicked ass. Like Season of Dawn, and I'm I'm gonna be biased because Season of Dawn is when I got back into Destiny. Like I had dipped my toes in um, for Shadowkeep, but Season of Dawn was the first season I played Destiny like I play Destiny now. It was the first Mm -hmm. season where I was like, I am getting all these quests done. I am completing my season pass. I am gonna meet people. I'm gonna raid with them. Like it was when. I started playing the fucking game for real, and in, in it a lot means of ways, a lot to me for that, you know. In a lot of ways, year three was like uh, a lot of like sequel things, which I, I think is partially informed by like how relationships between like Bungie and like other moneyed right. uh, producers were changing. But like, you know, we saw the moon come back, and like we saw you know a big revival of the moon and like a, a, a big overhaul. We saw, you know, Mercury come back in and we saw like an overhaul of all the stuff surrounding Saint and Osiris and they let us summon sparrows out of Mercury finally. And, that and you know, like mm-hmm. Bungie as a studio has done all this work building these worlds and building these pieces. What if we take those pieces and we actually turn them into something we feel is really, really strong, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's such a vibe. Um some folks in our chat bringing up the fact that the Season of Dawn trailer kicked ass and Holy shit. Like when that trailer dropped and I hadn't been playing Destiny that much, I sent it to every Titan I knew. I was like, your boy is back. Like Mm -hmm. Saint 14 coming out of that portal, just huge and powerful. And then hearing his voice and being like, he's Russian? What? Um, (laughs) Was so fun. So yeah, I mean, this season is about Osiris. My guy, like, he's such a mess. He, like, he's looking at his texts, you know, years later and seeing, like, <laughs> where are you? You up? And yeah. then not getting anything back and being like, uh-oh. Comes out of <laughs> comes out of the infinite forest and, like, 35 texts just land all at once. Um, oh, uh, man. And him being like, okay, the person that I loved, uh, which isn't explicitly said in the text, but very much implied, and then you know we get that we get that canon uh, later. Person I loved um, chased me after my dumbass uh, went into this simulation for all of these years, died in there, saving humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, Undied. I, I he's like I'm gonna get him back, and there's like a bunch of uh, there's a beautiful piece of web lore that's talking about what it feels like for Osiris to like split himself into a hundred different versions that scour through his lover's past to try and find him and bring him back and how some of them don't come back. Like, mm-hmm. which are those versions of him versions that are like in the past with Saint forever being happy? Are those versions of him that like died <gasps> trying to save Saint? Like there's so <gasps> much brutal, sad, incredible shit about this process of like splitting yourself into a hundred knowing that all hundred versions of yourself are going to it's like you know the tng episode where picard lives that entire life and learns to play the flute and then Mm -hmm. comes back to reality instantly that's like what osiris does like a thousand times an infinite (laughs) number of times trying to find saint and bring him back and then it's like i can't do it like i failed which i think Mm -hmm. it's so important that we start this season out on the foot of osiris saying day one of the season I failed. Like, we've never heard him say that. And he, he our mm-hmm. guardian shows up and he's like, I couldn't do it. I don't think you can do it, but try. This is, of course, after he commissions the drifter to do quality assurance work on his giant sundial that simulates universes so he can go save his boyfriend, which is also just a mm-hmm. hilarious piece of lore. It's interesting, like, you know, we we think of, uh, yeah, the, the sundial is just as like this 
fundamental thing of like you failed yeah um it is a failed experiment it was like a thing he tried it didn't work um and he set it, it covers aside it in a and tarp then, in the desert yeah. and hopes no one finds it and then some science are like oh uh, what's under this tarp <laughs> what's under this tarp all right well oh, uh, i don't mind if i do um he's such a mess season of dawn is um one of the only seasons in which i like i, I ended up like buying ranks uh, that was like the winter season mm-hmm. and like um i ended up being uh, preoccupied over like christmas season particularly so that, that was like i ended up buying a lot of ranks because i wanted the ornaments so like i i played the sundial a bit um i didn't like get all my i don't think i got all my things up to max rank but like particularly like this is when we get the the corridors of time shit right which just like by the time i it was just like gone by the time i my attention turned back to destiny the sundial shit was really cool this was the first season also that like we were playing a ton together as a group which felt really Mm -hmm. really satisfying and really it was a good time oh yeah that that the first time we played together was was that the was it the very end of season of undying trying to get a master nightfall so like we i do have a special shout out for this season so like osiris is a vendor in this season for the first time ever which is really cool Mm -hmm. right like we get to go and hang out with him in front of the sundial and talk to him about how we're doing with our mission to like go find saint and get quests from him to like bring into the sundial and try to um you know uh fuck up the plans of the scions and the cabal who found what he hid under his invisibility tarp in the middle of the desert Mm -hmm. and there was this moment in this season where there was a bug going on with Osiris where his robes wouldn't render from the waist <laughs> down. And so he was just standing in his leggings that he wears <laughs> under his robes. And it was so great. I like went so many times specifically to go hang out with him. Wait, I'm, I'm putting pictures in the chat so you can see with his little his little silly legs. <laughs> He looks like um, a medieval trickster, like, hopping around. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just got these, like, leggings on. I think we would always be like, hey, let's go check in on Osiris and his jeggings to get some quests. Just, you know what? Like, I always give, when I'm playing on my warlock, which isn't that often, I'm like, oh, it's a little bit frustrating that, like, the warlock robe is such a big item, right? Like, and I can't see my pants as well on the hunter and uh-huh. titan gear. It's like, I can see each piece of gear, like, pretty much the same mm-hmm. as the others, and the robes are so dominant on the warlocks. And I'm always kind of like, eh, that's kind of sucks. They t-. And I'm like, no, that's important. That's... <laughs> When that's gone, it really changes the vibe. <laughs> the I it's it's a bug that like I have also as a warlock like seen on my own character, just like the bottom half of me just like disappears. Um, you get some you get some interesting looks when the fabric part of your robes yeah. go away. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But we do we get Saint back. Uh, we pull him out of time. We get to hang out with him. Um, I remember there being a, a large part of this season. This is also the season where the pigeon and the phoenix lore came out and so we're really Mm -hmm. getting a feel for like who they are as people um what their past is you know how what they mean to each other all of that sort of stuff and then we kept being like hang out like are you gonna hang out like it seems like what happened was saint came back we saved him he goes to the tower and osiris just doesn't show up osiris is just like i'll talk to him eventually and i'm just mm-hmm. trying to make it i'm a little busy i will talk to him and mm-hmm. just it had this vibe of like him being really nervous about seeing saint again and trying to pass that off as him being busy and himself like he saves him from you know time, time and yeah. then is just like 
okay, it's cool just to know you're there. We were all just like, go talk to him, you motherfucker. Just go up there, <laughs> deal with it, and talk to him. I swear to fucking God. Which is the last chapter in The Pigeon and the Phoenix is when, um, when he shows up at the tower for the first time and actually talks to saint after he's been there for like a month already or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck it is in, in in canon and he like gets off the plane and saint's like i thought maybe you'd send one of your echoes like one of your duplicates up here and osiris is just like i would never do that and it's just like this implied like okay he finally got his ass to and to and that's hi. the difference between osiris and mr manhattan is mm. that mr manhattan would send his reflections but osiris Osiris would never. Osiris um, would never. We, well, we're, I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but like we, we see a lot of like public interactions of Saint and Osiris, like yes. them talking to each other in the hangar, particularly like near where, where Saint is now as a vendor. Over our um, comms and, when we do the Devil's Ruin um, quest line and we're oh running God. around looking for little discoverables to put that weapon together and they get on the comms together and that Flirt. like um, five minute conversation at the end also between them and shacks yeah um yeah <laughs> Sha- that was... comes through i love that that was like we'd all been really wanting them to talk for a while at that point and then they get on the comms together and um saints saying something like you know like get off the call like i'm trying to talk to the the guardian you know and osiris is like yeah well you can fucking make me if you want me to get and he has like this such a flirty <laughs> edge to his voice and we were all just mm-hmm. like oh shit and it was nice to hear um, I, I, not the, this is not the, the Saint episode, but like my, my highlight from Season of Dawn was the, it was like the week in which the mission became available in which you could go unstuck, uh, unstuck Saint-14 from time and like do yeah. the fight with the Vex okay. um, and like do that actual rescue, which leads to him going back to the tower. I, I remember it being weird at the time of like, I went, I like logged in for the week. I hadn't done the mission yet, but Saint 14 was there. And I was like, what? Like, I knew, I knew it was a thing. Like you're going to go unstuck him from time and like rescue him. But like, he's just here. I haven't done the mission yet. In the moment, I remember feeling like kind of mad that they took away the, um, what at the moment feel felt like just Saint as a quest reward almost. Um, like you go up and you talk to him and like his little sub title like under the name like sometimes there's a little like description and it's like uh oh saint 14 was like rescued from time by a fellow guardian and then i later i went into the mission um and actually like that worked really well for me because like it is it's like oh someone else did it like oh wait no and then you go to the mission and you Mm -hmm. rescue saint from time and it's like oh no i did it Um, but time is time is weird and this is one of those you know maybe that's like a bug maybe that's like a failure of like how to like structure that um, but it felt like, you know, one of this is like in the same category of things of like things that are not a glitch, but like weird about destiny that like have very satisfying like lore explanations or like in fiction mm-hmm. explanations of like, oh, I thought someone else did it. And actually it was me. And, and which also like echoes being rescued by a guardian. Um, and that's what inspired him to like protect the city right. and, and stuff like that. But actually it was you. Yeah. Um, that's good. Those are good missions. Yeah. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. There's that great line that really summed up how all we all of us were feeling where drifter and eris are like chatting during that dungeon and Uh drifter (laughs) drifter says something along the lines of like man if like my knight in shining armor if i had like 
gone through time and hell itself to like pull my knight in shining armor out of time i'd be you know ready for him just to shut the fuck up and climb my tower already if you know what i'm saying uh-huh. which is like yeah. the actual quote and thank god uh for for drifter and that line honestly <laughs> that was one of the best just like line drops i think i've ever heard in this game um mm-hmm. Because it's what we were all talking about and what we were all feeling. And there was none of that besides this. And it was just Drifter voice of the people moment, which I was here for. And and, uh, Eris had a a reply that I liked, which is just like, they they show the reflection in their own way. Yeah. Um, It's also, I don't know, thinking about like Saint and Osiris as a couple that have been through some shit, have like hundreds of years of history in a way that's like, just actually just like not possible to really like imagine i think um we're gonna get into that because i took a lot of screenshots Mm -hmm. of some recent lore that Uh um is just entirely about their relationship i have some i have some thoughts about recent lore about the two of them but oh yeah yeah. oh yeah okay so let's let's hustle through so we can get into some backseat relationship counseling (laughs) um season of the worthy Uh, i guess that's trials and tribulations right yeah yeah, um, which is, this is when Trials of Osiris comes back. Yes. Which honestly is a really good lead into some of this shit that's coming out between the two of them now. Uh, so like, Trials of Osiris, hey, really, really sweaty PvP mode, and mm-hmm. what this lore sort of like sets up is the fact that when guardians die, there's a sound. There's like a hum. And we know... We know that Destiny uh, lore really emphasizes particular sounds. There's whispers, there's hums, there's like all sorts of little weird noises that pretend sketchy shit that's happening in the background with the darkness and the light combining. So basically they notice that like when they're fighting in the lighthouse, which is sort of like this amplification device um, that Trials is like held around, when guardians die, they hear this tone and there's secrets in that, right? There's something happening in that that needs to be uncovered. And so this is something that, like, I think Osiris makes note of. And then Vance starts digging into more. And then there's some shit that happens in Trials where a guardian <laughs> kills a ghost of another guardian because he gets too spicy or they get too spicy in Trials. And it mm-hmm. makes a different noise, a much more interesting noise. And Vance is like, huh. And starts collecting all of this data on it. And so, I don't know. Basically, what this lore book said to me is that Trials um, is an Osiris-induced guardian death experiment chamber uh, that is gathering information on what happens in the light and the darkness and how we can perceive that through these tonal changes when guardians die and when ghosts die. And... I think this is something we can get into more when we talk about, like, Vance, because Vance is the one who's, like, running a lot of these experiments and finding a lot of this information. Basically, Osiris sees this and is like, you need to shut the fuck up about this. Like, you need to stop this now. Like, this is too much, which I think is actually Osiris being like, give me your notes and go, because I don't think that Osiris stopped looking into this. But it's pretty fucked up. It's pretty fucked up that Saint is there thinking that he's running something for similar reasons that Shax runs the crucible which is like Mm -hmm. to help guardians become stronger together and part of the reason it exists is to actually experiment with guardian death and learn things from it the uh, yeah because like the the surface level like presentation of trials of cyrus is that like 
the crucible is there to strengthen guardians yeah right um but trials of osiris is there to strengthen fire teams it is more about it is about teamwork much more in a way that like crucible is not even you know even reflected in the fact that like literally in game you can't join trials of osiris without a fire team yeah um there's some interesting uh, there's some interesting characters in like the in the lore tabs associated with like trials of osiris gear mm-hmm. which maybe maybe we can get into a little bit yeah. but but it is very fire team focused those trials yes it's like bits. there's not a character that's associated with it there's a fire team which is composed of like particular characters we see over and over again yeah um yeah. and it's about um, uh, okay just putting this out there it's about things getting hard when you have long-term relationships with people like uh, the vibe i get mm. from a lot of those trials pieces is like they're families those fire teams right like they fight and they try to get better and they have to work together um a- against the push and pull of like the universe around them and mm-hmm. Uh, trials does seem like it was partly at least created to understand guardian death better and do science on it but it does kind of represent in some ways i think that push and pull of saint osiris's relationship and how do you how do you build trust what does it mean to be that close to someone and have that much history with them you know what i mean to have family in that sense it's it's a it's an interesting like short story but the the year four trials of osiris armor has like there are, you know, for three three sets of five pieces of armor, um, one piece, one one set for each class. Um, there's 15 pieces uh, broken up into each member of this particular team that is going and doing stuff in Trials of Osiris. Different perspectives on the same like event, yep. which is essentially like remember this comes out uh, at the beginning of of Beyond Light when Stasis is introduced. It's about like a team encountering Stasis and like reacting to it in different ways it it, like there is a a hunter aisha who like starts using stasis and uh shaira who people maybe only know because there is a gun named after after shaira is like kind of on some uh praxic order shit of like she's on some serious shit that oh shaira's on some shit (laughs) um uh on some like vengeance uh i will not not tolerate like use of use of the darkness stuff i also think she might um, be one of shin malfer's exes but we can talk about that in the future mm, yeah I, I think like this family read is good of like you know someone in the family has started using stasis what do you do yeah but yeah so basically this lore book ends with us feeling uh <laughs> that mara and osiris are on some big brain shit that you know people like vance don't get to be party to and um mara asks vance to tell osiris to take this like seed of light and go plant it and this is when we get into a series of web lores uh from osiris's perspective about him sort of going out and starting to complete this task and starting to continue to do the work he was doing before, which is like pushing and pressing at the edges of understanding of the darkness and like what comes next. And these Mm -hmm. just have like, I really like these web lores and it's sad because you can feel the hum of like what he and Saint's relationship was coming back. And I think there's components of it that I think there's elements of that that work for them. Like I think the fact that like we are distant at times, but we stay in touch and we support each other in the adventures we have to have. You know what I mean? Like, I think that I don't think Saint feels like I don't think Saint wants Osiris to be grounded at home mm. in the way that other people might assume you'd want a partner to be. I think he knows that Osiris is always going to be flying around the universe, pressing its secrets and mysteries. And that's why he loves him. And like, he's OK with that. Um, but I think that 
he does want to <laughs> he does want to feel like uh, there is a connection there like i think this is the set of web lords which is like imolent mm-hmm. uh, that se- <laughs> where sagira talks about the fact that like she's gonna text uh saint the poetry that osiris has been writing him uh-huh. on the sly um uh-huh. if he doesn't just straight up fucking talk to him which is which is really cute yeah there's this part where um da 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 Speaking of the tower, Geppetto keeps asking if you've checked under your seat, and she jabs her tiny shell pointed downwards. No. Sagira locks her iris on Osiris, and he begins pre-flight checks. <laughs> You're putting effort into avoiding it. I'm really not. I'll do it. She flutters past his shins and dives under the pilot's seat. A muffled, found it, sounds beneath him. She emerges with a crumpled note tied in lavender frills and sealed by a crude wax stamp of a flaming bird. He made us a stamp, she says excitedly, Mm -hmm. shaking vibrato in her voice. What does the letter say, Sagira? Oh, now you want to know what it says, Sagira. (laughs) You just didn't seem interested. I can read it all by myself. He will ask when we get back. Well, if you don't want to know that badly... It says he likes your new poem. Sagira! <laughs> they send each other these cute letters, and it, it, just this vibe of their relationship that's portrayed in these, right, is is mm-hmm. nice. little sad, because it's Osiris can't open up in the way that you want him to. But Yeah, it, there's always, like, this layer of, of distance between them, love, like, you know, their ghosts are doing the work of, like, shoving them into, like, go, go, go dance. Yeah. Uh, um, and even, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Saint places a heavy hand on Osiris's chest. Let go of your obsession. Do not leave chasing phantoms again. Phantoms, you think the darkness is satisfied? This is just the first move. I need to know the next before it is made. If there is something you fear, let me help you. We will face this together. It's 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 tough. Like I think Saint is always just asking him to let him help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Osiris is like stay safe uh, the, that's the other vibe in these web lores is very much like i don't want you to die again so please don't come after me we should talk about the boots of the assembler lore but oh, like there yeah <laughs> there's there's always this vibe of like i don't know it's almost like osiris like doesn't doesn't get what's being laid down mm-hmm. for him and and maybe it's fine to jump ahead of this because like well we should probably talk at least just about like who Osir- where Osiris is at now because I think that's important to like set up in terms mm. of the plot to touch on what's happening with their relationship because it makes Sick a big yeah uh, a yeah. big difference I'm trying to find so like yeah Osiris is going he plants the seed he's he's pushing at these limits and trying to keep up with Saint's letters and trying to stay in touch and then finds this shit going on in the moon like we talked about a little bit in a previous episode goes down to investigate it Sagira's like you should not go alone, wait for help. And he's like, no, I got to go now. They're doing some shit that I need to get after. Uh, he he gets down in there and is is going to get wrecked. The thing that's really interesting about this for me, too, is that the reason he can't defeat this knight is because this knight is a servant of Zuboarath, which means that all the violence that he throws at it makes it stronger. And I think it's important to just note that because of how much Osiris knows he has a heart of violence and how much resentment Mm. he has for that and how he thinks that is like in some ways why he is a guardian is because he has that sense of violent retribution inside of him and that's where his light comes from, which is interesting that it is that exact violence, that exact power that ends up almost killing him in the end. Uh, This is also where we see the, we we talked about this in the the crew episode, but when we see... uh, 
Osiris pull out every super in the book and, like, mm-hmm. combine them and dual wield fucking uh, Dawn Blades <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, he's um, literally going as hard as he possibly can before he... Um... He uh, he can't he can't really go hard anymore. I do want to find this quote of what he thinks about when he thinks he's dying because I think it's important. Um, okay, so um, he thinks he's gonna die. Right, the celebrant like has him pinned and is is about to like end him. And it says, uh, "Die well, Osiris." Wisps of light hemorrhage through his skin, trimmed in blood and drawn around the blade, embedded above him as if he were a nosospite spine. Sagira's voice is a whisper. I'm not letting them take you. Your strength lives through me, is all caps from the Zebo Arath Knight. Give Saint my private drive. Osiris exhales and closes his eyes. He sees himself in a million permutations, each path a life in a glimpse. He takes what he can from them, not enough to savor, but enough to be immortalized in nostalgic haze. In one, he is a blazing warrior, driving back the horrors from the longest night. In another, a vilified gargoyle atop the infinite forest, a grizzled elder overseeing keen disciples. In so many, he is dead. But there is one where Osiris finds happiness. He finds a time away from strife. He finds saint, a dream of warm serenity, the peace to his purpose with saint. There is a future that could have been enough. And like, that's what he thinks about when he's about to be ripped apart. And then yeah. Sagira blocks the shot basically and dies instead of him. Yeah. And she says something really important, right? She says like, as she's doing it, she says like, Osiris, why don't you ever listen to me? Which is <laughs> the summary of everything that he needs to hear, yeah. right? Like just fucking listen. And he goes, what are you doing? And she basically says like, shut up, listen to my words. There are great things still left for you. Don't lose hope in the darkness. She is luminant. Osiris breathes the word as if he could hold it back. No, he would understand in time. She had seen it. Blinding light erupts. And yeah, she um, she dies and leaves him and leaves him alone. And she's just saying, like, you have to listen. This line is actually interesting that I hadn't thought about. Osiris breathes the word as if he couldn't hold it back. No, he would understand in time. She had seen it. She's seen these mm-hmm. prophecies just the same way that he has. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. been with him the whole time and and she knows what he needs. And it's interesting how much of a future this is told from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I was thinking about, particularly about like all these scenes. Um, and there, there are, I think, a lot of them. Um, particularly all, all the interaction between Saint and Osiris after this point are very sad. They're really um, sad. They're really sad. And I was trying to think of like, what is it? And, um. and I think it's like, o- Osiris hasn't grieved. Osiris hasn't, I, I don't know, like, I don't think Osiris has really shown being really as affected by, by Sagira's death as I think he, he he is. I think he's like super duper compartmentalized it. Um, no, he just tries to keep going. Yes. He's like, no, uh, okay, well, okay, so like three seconds later, okay, well, Segura's dead, but um, what's really important is, it's like, uh, my guy. Like, like he, he never takes a break and it's because he thinks everything is so important and you need to keep going and like, this happens to a lot of people and it's like way easier for it to happen than you think it is. Like, this is, yeah. this is a little personal, so like content warning for death stuff, but like, my dad just like died of a super sudden heart attack like three years mm. ago. Um, and the day after that, he ran a business. He ran a painting company. He was a contractor. 
like 12 hours after he died, I had to get on the phone to all of the guys who worked for him, all of his clients and customers. I had to hack into his QuickBooks account to figure out where the bills needed to get sent. Like there's so much shit, even like (laughs) in the most mundane circumstances that you have to do just to like deal with the fact that like life keeps going. And it's so important to like make that time to feel how life has changed and recognized it. But with all the shit that Osiris has going on, like, it is so easy just to never give yourself that time. And you think that you're like, what I feel from Osiris is I feel that he thinks he's processing it in the background. And what's actually happening is he's being poisoned in the background Mm -hmm. by it because it doesn't just happen without you doing that work. That hurts a lot to sit down and feel it and be like, that fucking sucks. This fucking sucks. And just like live with yeah. that. You know what I mean? And if you don't do that, it's going to drown you. And that's kind of what's been happening to him this whole time. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's so hard. Cause like uh, on the one hand, like, I don't know, like can I, destiny has done like grief really well with, with like Eris in particular. Yes. Um, like, I, I don't think that like destiny c- can't, but like, you know, what is, and I, I think also like we're, we're still, seeing the threads of this play out even in like this like tone of lore of like saints and osiris being like interacting and osiris being like uh here's here's the reports uh i filed these on my desk by thursday and saint being like sweetie honey yeah um, i and i gotta say i love how long they're letting this play out you know what i mean like i think that the way they tackled eris's grief being something that we work through with her over the course of a season was a really beautiful way to do that and focus on that but I kind of really love the fact that we're dealing with Osiris's grief coming out of this over such a long a long period of time and I think that something that's super that we didn't talk about but is like also really important as part of this is like yeah he loses Sagira who's his best friend that we talked about today there's also the piece of it that he doesn't have his light anymore like he can't be the second part of that first lore where someone says i'm gonna cut your arm off old man for stealing wood and he says i'm just gonna kill Mm -hmm. all of you because you're bad people like that b-side to his entire soul is like silenced he he can't touch that anymore he can't go out and split himself into a hundred different people with his light in order to save them on six fronts instead what he has to try and do is split his brain into a hundred different moving parts to problem solve as a diplomat and it's just he's 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 going through it man you know like that's a lot of trauma to to hold for for a boy uh for for osiris here i i was just thinking like like guardians are in their own way superheroes but like osiris is like the superhero of superheroes just like mr manhattan Uh, like he is on a, a tier of or was i guess like on a tier of power that's just like a- absolutely incomprehensible like he split time he um single-handedly like conquered the vex he is uh you know <laughs> his mom lets him have two uh dawn blades um <laughs> and he, he still is that person too for all the guardians which is an unbelievable amount of pressure like there's that piece mm-hmm. of lore in the wild hunt armor where there's um an, an exo guardian who's doing some shit for spider and is going out in the field with some of Spider's uh, Spider's employees. And he's like, did you know who that guy was in that room back there? Uh, that was Osiris. Like, because Osiris, like, listens in on one of their meetings. And this Elixney is like, oh, yeah, I heard he lost his light. Like, um, you know, so I'm not that concerned about Osiris anymore. And the Guardian's like, 
don't say that in front of him. Like, and it's not like he's saying that, like, don't disrespect Osiris. He's kind of like, fuck Osiris. He's like, I'd be careful if I were you. He will fuck you up. Like, and this yeah. guy is not a bullshitter. Like, this is a very hard edged guardian. But yeah. just the fact that so many guardians are still, even though Osiris has lost his light, are still like deeply in awe of what he is capable of and still believe that he can wield power just as much. Um, I think is, is a shine is a show of respect and is true to a certain extent because he still, of course, is very powerful without his light. But it also just makes me think about how fucking exhausting it would be to feel that weight of legacy on you. Yeah, H- hundreds of years of, uh, yeah, being being at the very top. Like, uh, you know, he's always been very in the spotlight. Like, you know, against his wishes, really. Like, always, like my fucking. My cult is at it again. Uh, they're on some stupid shit. Yeah, yeah, and I think that like there, this is when he's starting to think about what is fate and what is purpose, right? And maybe part of that is him thinking about the fact that you know life is moving around him differently than it used to. There's this line that he has actually from this season that says, um, uh, "Someone's talking about fate and destiny and how things are." There is a movement to things, right? There is a pattern and we will understand it and we'll break it down like the prophecies. And he says to them, I used to be certain of that, but now I have to wonder if history is inevitable, why am I constantly surprised? And I think that's like where he is landing out of this trauma, um, you know, that's happened to him. Is Osiris one of the oldest guardians? I honestly am starting to think that, (laughs) uh, yeah, I feel like Osiris and Drifter are some of the oldest guardians Shax is up there too right do we ha- but we know they're from yeah they're, like, we know we they're from anyone deep in older the dark than, age i'm trying to think if there if there's anyone older than than like you know it's it's a little bit squishy as far as like you know uh time stamps for some of the folks in the dark ages but like yeah. uh zavala was also around in the dark age yeah i think i think it's mostly the i i yeah i do the the characters i get the vibe of being the oldest who are still alive and with us are definitely Osiris, Drifter, Shax, and Saladin, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the old guard. Yeah. Oh. So, oh. I mean, I think that... So this is a good transition point, right? This is when Osiris suffers this loss of Sagira, loses his light, and makes this shift into this role we see him in currently, which is where he is a diplomat. He's actually doing the job. Like, he's, he's being... Mm-hmm. He's doing the shit as a vanguard commander that he never did back then, where he is yeah. brokering peace between first the Cabal in the season of the Chosen and now the Elixni in season of the Splicer. And this is what he does with Crow, too, right? Like he's like, I've found this peace that I think needs to fit in to empower the city and us as guardians. And I'm going to work with people to make that possible. And that's very much like what his purpose is now, which the only reason he's doing that, too, is because Ikora asks Zavala to let him do that. Ikora is like, he's drifting out there without purpose. Yeah. And she knows like he's going to find something like he's going to find something to give himself purpose rather than dealing with what happened to him. And it's either going to be something really bad or something productive. So let's try and make it something productive, please. You know? Yeah. Oh, that also has that terrible, oh, God, that's the part of lore where um, Ikora, when she's saying, like, we got to give Osiris something to do that uses his skills, that's coming out of the moment where she goes to talk to Saint, and she's like, how is he? And Saint's like, 
I honestly don't know. He, he he won't even let me talk about it with him. He has that line that's like, he won't even let me comfort him in his sadness, yeah. which fucking sucks. So, like, here, I, I want to read out this bit from um, the In Memoriam shell. Um, so Saint's reflecting on the fact that he says, you know, if there, there have been incidents before. So this is him reacting to the fact that people are getting killed because of this stasis stuff in trials, mm-hmm. right? Which is tied to this other character, right? Uh, Shire is Shire. on the... Yeah, so I, I, like the trials incident is, I believe it's that... Um, I believe it's that Aisha kills someone with stasis, like perma kills yeah. them, if I remember, yeah. remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. And so Saint's like trying to parse out what to do because this has been happening, right? And so he's mm-hmm. thinking about incidents. And then this is what happens in this um, In Memoriam Ghost Show lore. Just as the clouds of doubt began to settle, they lifted when the crowd parted to reveal a familiar gold-hooded figure in their midst. Um, and this is like during Season of the Chosen Saint just trying to deal with what's going on in Trials. His shoulders seemed a little more stooped without Sagira zipping around them, but his purposeful stride, his furrowed brow, these remained the same. Osiris, Saint called out. Several heads swiveled in his direction, startled by the sudden shout. Osiris, for his part, merely looked bemused as he changed courses. What is it? Osiris asked as he drew closer. Did something happen? No, Saint responds quickly, too quickly. Well, yes, a small something, under control, but he was stumbling, unsure of how to explain himself. I sent the message. You didn't get it? Osiris frowned, impatient. I've received a lot of messages lately. Was it urgent? Saint flinched. He didn't know it had to be urgent. It's about trials. They are named for you, and you're here. I thought it was time that you... Ah, you want me to take over the trials? Osiris shrugged. It's not a good time. Shut them down if you're tired of it. I know, but Saint lowered his voice. There is kind of a war brewing in trials, too. Guardians going too far, wielding darkness. Really? Osiris' eyes glinted with renewed interest. To what effect? Saint stared at him. Inside the wire tightened one more impossible inch. At last, he said, Varies. Interesting. Osiris rubbed his chin, thinking. A data pad at his hip dinged with a reminder. He groaned at it, then turned back to Saint. If it happens again, take notes, will you? Without waiting for a response, he turned away. Saint's iron arm shot out and grabbed him by the elbow. Is that all this is to you, an experiment? Saint Saint spat, trying and failing to keep his voice down. He couldn't contain himself any longer. He'd waited for days for a response, fretting over the silence, but forcing himself to give his comrades space. So what am I then? Your assistant? Just because Sagira is gone? Enough! Osiris snarled, yanking his arm back. Never speak of her to me again. Understand? Saint stepped back, immediately awash with regret. His mind raised he should say something, anything to make it better, to put it to rights, but what? Before he could come up with an answer, Osiris spoke. Continue the trials or don't, but if you don't have the stomach to collect the data, someone should. It could be key to our survival, all, all of ours. And with that, he strode off. Saint watched as Osiris disappeared into the throng. The tension in him was gone. All he felt now was the agonizing wound left by the wire's snap. So uh, the lore in which uh, uh, Saint goes to Ekar's office is, uh, is Igneous Hammer. Yeah. Um, it kind of starts with the end of Honor talking to Ikora in, in her office. The air crackled again. When Ikora opened her eyes, Saint was standing exactly where Honor had been moments ago. Ikora Ray, I am sorry to come. And then now, how did you get in here? She blurted. No one but the hidden knew where her private library was, or so she had thought. Uh, the exo stared at her, confused. I, I transmitted, he said simply. He tried again. I am sorry, but I must speak with you. So yeah, he comes uh, 
trying to talk to my core about the report uh, of, of this incident. There's a line here. I am glad he is busy. Busy is good. It distracts him from his loss. But he is still different. No. Yes, but more than that. When I told him about the incident, I thought he would worry like me. Instead, he tells me to take notes next time so the data would be useful. Uh, yeah, this this lore is like interesting, but it's also like rehashing a lot of stuff. Um, How are we feeling about uh, their? <laughs> you want to talk about their relationship? Yeah, we should. Uh, yeah, th- this is. Um, yeah, the, the interaction with with like the the trial stuff is is I think like really emblematic of that of just like um, Osiris is on some Mister Manhattan shit and Saints like um, sweetie. This uh, this boots of the assembly lore is also like so sad to me it's like the sequel to all of this like sad side trial stuff yeah so this is just this is broken up into three parts but the second part is is i think the the big one saint was doing munitions inventory when osiris swept into the room saint put down his data pad next to a crate of grenades and stood up osiris scanned the shelves of guns and ammo looking for something saint stood dumbly waiting for some kind of acknowledgement when it was clear that none was forthcoming he called out Osiris, what are you looking for? His voice was loud and strained. Osiris didn't turn from the shelves. Uh, the light suppressor that the scions use on Zavala's ghost. I, I need it for my research. Zavala kept it, I think. Ask him about it, Saint replied, trying not to sound put out. Osiris faced his partner. <clears throat> uh, his eyes narrowed in thought. Very well. Then, as an afterthought, thank you. As the former warlock turned to leave, Saint called out, I was hoping we could spend some time together soon, just the two of us. Doing what? Osiris inquired with a small smile. Oh my god. Yeah. We could fly out to the Alps, Saint suggested, or walk around the ruins of Prague, like we used to love to walk around the ruins of Prague um, as a date. Mm -hmm. That seems fine, Osiris said. He shrugged a shoulder. Provided the city doesn't burn to the ground in our absence. Then after a beat, is that all? Is that all? Behind his helmet, Saint frowned. I suppose. Osiris strode from the room, leaving Saint alone with a sinking feeling in the pit of his stomach. Um, yeah, after nine billion years, um, I think their marriage is maybe on the ropes. Yeah, it's really rough. I mean, like, so that yeah. that comes after the part that I was quoting where, like... Osiris screams at him in the hangar in front of everybody after Saint is like, please don't treat people like experiments. I'm going through some shit and I actually need your help right now. Um, and and the, the metaphor that they use in that part where like he says like he can feel the wire getting tested and then at the end he says he feels that wire like snap and he's just left feeling like totally empty and hollowed out mm. inside which there's another cute bit from this um, sparrow called Paradigm Shift which is where it's from Amanda and Crow's perspective because they mm. hear this fight happen because they're right there. Um, yes. And Crow's like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on over there? And Amanda's yeah. like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, but my dads like, are fighting. What's... Well, he hasn't uh-huh. met Saint. This is the first time he meets Saint ever. Oh, yeah. You're right. And Amanda's like, okay. And she waits for Osiris to leave. And then she, like, goes over there and is, like, comforting Saint which you hear her perspective on that in a in a separate Lauren tree attached to a ship, but it's pretty much the same. And then Crow comes over and is like just 
immediately blown away by how kind and open and loving this man is. Like, uh, Crow laughed, utterly disarmed. He was surprised at how much he liked Saint and how much he wanted to be liked in return. What could this affable character possibly have in common with an intimidating figure like Osiris? Outside of his thoughts, he realized Holiday was talking. He turned back in just as she shared, things got to be equitable, don't you think? Suddenly, Saint's demeanor shifted. I do not think so, he said soberly. In battle, when your comrade stumbles, you carry them until they are strong again. Even if you, too, become wounded, this is the only way to move forward. Something about his tone struck a chord in Crow. It occurred to him that Saint and Osiris must have known each other for a long time. What was it like? The assurance and ease of having someone else to watch your back like that, to fight side by side for the same cause he ached to know. Oh, oh Crow, someday. Always nice to know. Uh, always nice to talk, Miss Holiday. You are too skinny, Crow. Saint quipped as he strode off. Like, that fucking bit there where he's just like, <laughs> on one hand, Saint is like, he's going through it right now. I can keep taking his shit because he's going mm-hmm. through it right now. And I'm going to help him until he gets better because that's what comrades do. To Crow being like, wouldn't it be nice to have a brother in arms? Yeah. would have loved it wouldn't that have been fucking cool Jolien somewhere like falls off a chair and like clutches his heart for a second um and then pivoting that into like just crow being like like when they're talking when he hears that saint 14 he's like saint 14 you mean the one who all of the elixir talk about being so scary and then he walks up to him and is like oh my god i love him instantly hi holy shit i love you i want you to like me i want you to like Uh me you seem so nice papa these yeah i think that it's really tough i think that like i really i really 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 love what the lore is doing with their relationship i really like how messy they're letting it be i really like how long term they're letting it be i like that it's i mean osiris has been through a lot of trauma he is still dealing with the shit that made him a person that got into this mess to begin with right like he still hasn't grown in so many ways like He's still treating guardians kind of like experiments, having this distance from things that make Saint feel so uneasy. Saint just trying to be like, let's go, let's go out on a date. Like, let's just yeah. go take a breath. Let's go to Prague, baby. You and know? him being like, remember Prague? I guess. I mean, I'm busy, but like, I guess. <sighs> yeah. They are, they are on the rocks and I'm very, very curious to see what happens with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm of, I'm of two minds because, like, on the one hand, it's like I, I want to see that play out. On the other hand, like, uh, you know, we have, we have like external confirmation that like, uh, like Saint Osiris are dating, and there's oh. kind of like tongue in cheek nods to it, like with with Drifter and Eris. Well, like, kind no, of... everyone now calls them partners. Like, this is something that's changed this season. I like, see. you, you caught it there in that one bit. I've seen uh-huh. any, inst- like, everyone's like, say hello to your partner for me. How's your partner doing? Like, everyone yeah. refers to them like that. So I think it is publicly acknowledged in the tower that they are partners in the romantic mm-hmm. sense. Um, I want them to uh, to to reconcile and, and give us the, the Saint and Osiris uh, wedding as a live event. That's all I want. Yeah. I'm... <sighs> I, I'm very, very curious to see how they do this. Like, I'm really enjoying the fact that we're getting this arc of their relationship and why it's hard and, like, why yeah. being alive is hard and why 
being in love with somebody for hundreds of years is hard when they go through the type of stuff that like people go through. I really like the pace of it. And so, yeah, I, I'm very curious now that we see them together in the game sometimes, like how much of that resolution or lack thereof will happen in game and how much of it will happen on the page. But in any case, it's wonderful um, and so sad. It's the best kind of lore. It's yeah. it makes me sad and it sad makes me lore. yearn. Welcome. And yeah. the, the sad yearning, a destiny uh-huh. story. Yeah. Yeah. Shout outs to how cute Crow and Amanda are, though, in those sections. Like, they're just, yeah. like, goofing around um, in the hangar they're, they're, being friends. They're in a different dating, book. It's cute. Yeah, they are. Like, yeah. They're, like, on some, like, Hardy Brothers shit. Like, like going around, uh, yeah. you know, creeping around the train yard. Like, oh, who's that? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's good. So I can't wait to see what happens in this season. Like, yeah. this, this feels like the behind-the-scenes relationship conflict that i'm i'm honestly just like deeply invested in it's it's interesting that we're feeling these rifts right like we're feeling these rifts and strains around the elixni and the humans and the tower and you know if this is a season of like seeing how well we can heal stuff so that we can be strong together this season it's, it's so cheesy right but this season does have a very like stronger together message in terms mm-hmm. of like hey we got to figure out like how all of us you know, uh, build walls that help us move forward, um, you know, grow gardens together and like look past these things. And this seems like the behind the scenes sort of version of that. And I'm very curious to see how it resolves and how it comes out. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, especially, I, I mean, I, I wish we got to see more Saint Crow stuff, but yeah, it's interesting to see how they're, how they're dealing with particularly like Saint uh, being the like, the god king of murdering the elixir and then the elixir being like hey uh (laughs) how's it going bud real quick shout outs for the empty vessel lore entry which centers on osiris and saladin that i just saw this past week when i got my first empty vessel in game where saladin is like trying to psych himself up to go tell zavala that he should let him help with this new conflict and Mm -hmm. osiris like takes him aside and is like I need you to know that people don't like the way you handled last season. I need you to know that people are talking about you and saying that you're bloodthirsty and saying that they don't know if you can be trusted with this. And I need you to know that like, if you go talk to Zavala about this right now, it's not going to go the way you want and it's going to put him in a tricky position. And Saladin like actually listens and Saladin says like, thank you for telling me and Thank you, Osiris, Saladin says with a heavy heart, conviction flagging. You are a true friend. Like, Osiris, I think that's just, I just wanted to call it out because I think it's a very good, like, emblematic thing of, like, who Osiris is now. Like, he's not, he's not talking to his husband like he should Mm -hmm. be, but he is going and finding someone who in the past he would have just said, like, let that guy fucking burn himself out. Like, let him go make a fool of himself in that office. Like, who cares? I don't have time for this. And he finds him and is like being real with him in a way that's like not unkind and is actually very considerate and helping Saladin who's someone he doesn't owe anything to move forward with his life in a way that's constructive um and being a bro 
in a way that I think is very real. I just really liked that that lore yeah. entry. Uh, also, Osiris says, "Please, uh, please, or in a moment." Like I don't. Yeah, Osiris is not a person I associate with the word "please," and he knows he's going through it. Like there are some yeah. really good segments in this lore of like what PTSD feels like for Saladin, and it sucks. Um, mm-hmm. Saladin does a lot of bullshit uh, in season of the Chosen, but I, 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 yeah, I just like seeing Osiris. Isn't it interesting? It's like Osiris is taking the time in this lore to be empathetic and sympathetic towards someone to help the city move forward. And he will take none of that time for himself and Saint. I think it sucks because like his love for Saint is an extension of himself and he's not taking care of himself, which means that he happens to not Mm. be taking care of Saint. And that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's a good read, but yeah. But also, yeah, this, this interaction with Saladin is like very considerate um, and very good in a way that he is not good to himself or saint yeah i mean that's who he is right now and uh we'll see we'll see where he goes in this season i i suspect my my conjecture is that we're gonna get a lot of these threads particularly like with crow and osiris and saint Mm -hmm. come i suspect they will come to a head with um with witch queen or that is my hope at least absolutely um i mean this is the thing right is like we are feeling the bonds that we build with our light at this moment in time because all of them are going to get tested when it's witch queen time i feel like that is going to be the main thrust of the witch queen is going to focus on like testing bonds of love and family that we build and seeing how well they stand up against the darkness when they're forged in light and i think that this season is setting us up for that in a lot of ways yeah um is that (laughs) is that is that merely all of (laughs) Uh-huh, that might do it yeah uh-huh yeah a, a long and very storied character in in many ways yep. um um yeah dibs would you join me in the headcanon zone please sure let's let's sidle up uh do you have do you have any particular headcanons from um, Osiris? i mean i have headcanons about I, the only thing that caught me from like a theories perspective is there's some hmm, i think that osiris knows what's happening with savathun and knows what's coming in the witch queen expansion um uh, uh, uh-huh yeah there's a piece of lore on the gun null calamity nine the beginning of which reads the prophecy lines i believe that osiris must have transcribed from seeing this in the infinite forest a couple times a sacred eye that speaks in lies, appending futures in its path, the way before us to the skies shall see itself in ancient wrath. And then in this entry, Sagira's like poking around looking for Osiris, which this is one of my favorite Sagira lines. Um, I've misplaced Osiris again, Sagira told the goblin. The goblin, being a goblin, shot at her. Just what that's good fucking, writing to me. That's that's so good writing. Good. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. That's that's you did it. Congratulations yeah. to this writer. You did it. Um, and then she like sighs and keeps going. And then she's looking for him. This is after Panoptes is killed. And she's saying like, where would he be? And the answer when Sagira finally tracked him down surprised her. Osiris hovered cross-legged at the center of a ruined lighthouse. A dead sun loomed in a lightless sky. Arrayed on the ground below the horizon, yellow vex eyes pierced the gloom. Um, Sagira zoomed straight to Osiris' side. I thought we averted this future. Eyes closed, Osiris shook his head. Many equations lead to this answer. A sound like a drumbeat and with the impact of an earthquake shook the lighthouse. She says, what do we do? And he says, we start over. So I think that he's what he's like seeing over and over again. He sees Savathun looking. He sees Savathun waiting. He sees that Savathun is coming ominously, endlessly, 
And something about her coming is connected to the lighthouses and what they do, which is connected to this sound that they hear when guardians die in the Mm. trials of Osiris, this hum of like light and dark meeting in death. And I don't know if that means that they are ushering her in, which is connected to the Zebu Arath shows of violence, which ultimately is like how he lost his light. I think that he's on some shit, though, and he knows that Savathun is coming. And I think that when she does, he's going to put a lot of pieces together. So that's that's what I got there. How about you, Matthew? You got any you got any head cannons? Uh, yeah, I have I have one. And, and I have you to thank for this. Um, you know, there was the, the thing about Osiris, like going into the infant forest and like splitting into all his reflections uh-huh. and going to try and find Saint. You, you mentioned some of them didn't come back. Um, and I had always thought, like, well, you know, they died. Um, I now I knew new head cannon, new head cannon just dropped. Um, some of those reflections found Saint, mm-hmm. um, and they and they stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 went off, and uh, Saint was like, "We don't have to go back. We can stay here, just the two of us. We can wander the ruins of Prague. Um, look, here they are." Um, and Osiris is very tired. He's been doing this mm-hmm. for so long, um, and he accepted he accepted Saint's uh, invitation. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, that brings us. Uh, do you have any more head cannons? Otherwise, no, that not really. Right into the fan fiction. Uh, nothing worth noting. Yeah. If you want to hear uh, more of them, you can find my fan fiction. <laughs> Do you do you have any fan fiction for us on the fan fiction corner? I do have some recommendations. Um, let's see. I have two here uh, <laughs> with different vibes. Um, one is called "The Rushing Sea" by Twenty One Grams or Ishgard. This is if you want a coat. If you're like, man, why can't these two get it together? I've listened to this podcast. I'm bummed about their marriage having a really hard time. I just want them to be happy. Please enjoy The Rushing Sea, which is a uh, is a fan fiction about them being young and doing crucible doubles together. Um, some of the tags are, I think this tag is the most apt, Area Goth Tries to Woo Area Jock, which is 100% the vibe. It's about Osiris extremely clumsily going about trying to explain to Saint how he feels about him, but doesn't know how to do that other than asking him to do crimson doubles. Um, and it's just wonderful, very good, like high school rom-com energy even though they're both you know 200 years old and actually in their 50s so that's wonderful uh definitely check that one out and we'll link it it's rated t this will be (laughs) next one that i have uh if uh, this is rated e as an explicit so this will be my first not safe for work recommendation on this podcast so listeners be warned but if you're looking for some very beautiful uh beautifully written really emotional really just wonderful um smutty stuff about these two then check out handful of doubt by gillionan which is which is really really beautiful and i think like encapsulates their relationship and their physical relationship for me in a lot of ways that i think are really successful so yeah you can check that one out also if that's of interest um i have a rare contribution to the fan fiction corner. um I'll, I'll need your help on this one um isn't there a piece about osiris and saint dragging the drifter into a trials of osiris match let me find that one real quick i know it's by tanyart um so let me just quickly find it okay okay here it is this is great this is (laughs) all right so this fan fiction mm -hmm. which is wonderful um 
and is a uh, a comedy a comedy uh, fan fiction about Osiris and Saint making Drifter repay them for a favor by joining them as a third wheel in Trials of Osiris and just he's just getting wrecked and trying to deal with it and it's extremely funny um the title for this one is LFG huge Russian exo and warlock zaddy looking for that special someone to fill out fire team click here which captures the vibe so definitely give mm-hmm. that one a check too if you want some some fun times and this is that one is teen yes that one's rated teen for mild language uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and buffoonery is another one mm-hmm. of the tags okay question back time yeah we got some uh let me see yeah, we've got uh we've got a couple questions um yeah do you want to go ahead and read this first one sure um hi long time listener zero destiny playtime I was wondering which House of the Fallen would win in a ballroom house wide Vogue battle. So let me read that one more time. I was wondering which House of the Fallen would win in a ballroom house wide Vogue battle because I firmly believe some incredible duck walking and four armed hand choreography would lead to some iconic moments. Okay. All right. So we've got a quite basically like who's going to win in the fashion um, dance off battle between the different. The different mm-hmm. Elixney houses is this um, question. I'm, I'm, I'm watching Pose right now, so this is just like an incredible um, Excellent. Syner- synergy. Got any um, initial takes? House, fallen Houses. I think House Devils, um, mm. thinking of like Pose, the various houses who are like playing the heel, like House of Khan and House Devil would, I think, have some really good like um, forbidden voguing mm-hmm. energy to bring mm-hmm. like oh they're using siva to like how do they oh fuck how do they move like oh my god yeah um yeah i think that would be very good yep i mean wolves is definitely coming with just the jock energy right like uh-huh. house of wolves like skolas is just like big boy and it's just like yeah look at us we're fucking here um mm-hmm. very very jock heavy house dusk more goth vibes i would say mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. um I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say that I think the house that would actually come through is House of Kings because they are like, mm. yeah, we're too cool for all of you. Like you don't even know mm-hmm. where we are. Like House of Kings, <laughs> where are they at? And they're just like, we're just back here being kings until uh-huh. we come through, you know, until we we show up and we show up big and we show up grand, and and that's who we are. Uh, to to continue the the pose analogy, I think I think House Light is House Evangelista. Yeah. <laughs> so they're the they're the ones we're rooting for. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. that's who we all hope wins. Mm-hmm. Does Osiris have hollow bones like a bird? I don't know. He does fly around a lot. Um, Saint might certainly say so. I think at least because he weighs so little. Just pick yes, him up. You you are little like bird. Well, what? Why are your bones so hollow? Oh, you got bones in there. Knock knock. Oh. My love, I lift you up like little airplane. You're the echo. Uh-huh. <laughs> knock knock knock. Your bones are echoing. <laughs> my love, my sweet, my sweet potato phoenix. He's also talking about how everyone needs to like uh, bulk out a little bit. It's very cute that when he meets Crow, he's like, Crow, you're too skinny. Like, let's mm-hmm. get you some borscht. Like, let's get yeah. you fed. Yeah. Um, if Osiris does have hollow bones, you know what I think? I think Saint's his marrow. Oh, that's... Uh... Yeah? Yeah, what? that's really beautiful. Yeah. It sounds great. <laughs> Love that. Sweetie, I am like the marrow to your little tiny hollow bones. I mean, suck the marrow out of life. That's what they say, right? Uh, uh, yeah, uh-huh. Um, which Destiny 2 pairing, romantic or not, would you make a YouTube tribute 
AMV for, and what song do you use? I definitely haven't done Um, Uh Okay, well, if it's an AMV, it has to be, like, some new metal shit. I I think that Saint would love Corangel's thesis. Just... He would vibe out to that shit. Saint would 100% lift weights to Cruel Angel's thesis. Wait, hold on. I just want to make one thing clear. An AMV is not using... I know, like, I know. I'm just okay. saying. All right, I'm just saying. All right. All right. Um, I, yeah, I, it would I, be like something middle school and embarrassing, like some like Evanescence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it would be it would be Eris Morn and Ariana, and it would be set to um, a song by Paramore. The one you're thinking. That one. I know the name, and you know the name, too. We don't need to say it, but, like, that's the one. That's great. That's great. I mean... Wait, uh, Paramore? Wait, who am I... Yeah, you got to find it. Find find this song. I want to be able to picture this, because I don't know what you're talking about. I Wait, is Paramore picture. different than Evanescence? Um, I, I couldn't say. <laughs> I meant Evanescence, but now I'm like, who the fuck is Paramore, actually? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I mean, the truth of this is, like, I am cringe and I am free. So I'm looking at my Spotify, and I literally uh-huh. have 10 playlists that I'm looking at that are named after different Destiny couples with songs on them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, like, if I look at my my Osiris and Saint 14 playlist only has one song on it, which is Fears by Michigander, which I can't okay. remember how that song goes right now. But that's there. If you're curious, um, meanwhile, um, my playlist for Jaren and Reza Lazier has like 35 songs on it. Um, so <laughs> talk more about that in the future. Um, if I made a uh, Saint 14 and Osiris one, mm-hmm. it would be from the perspective of Osiris. He'd be doing a bunch of shit with time. Mm-hmm. And the song would be Just Can't Get Enough by Depeche Mode. Okay. Yep. And it would like be rewinding a bunch. Oh um, man. Like yeah, every time it. the chorus starts playing, like he rewinds time and gets to see that that moment with mm-hmm, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Love it. When I'm with you, baby, I go out of my head. That's that's Osiris. Because there's Because he's he's thinking about some me. other shit that he shouldn't <laughs> be thinking about. Yeah. Finding me finding you in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh are those real or faux feathers on Osiris's cape robe thingy? Do they ever fall off? Does Saint have to hot glue new feathers onto it in that case? Who? They're totally real. Who's making fake feathers in apocalypse, post-apocalypse age? Uh, crypt- Cryptarchs. Oh, shit. That's true. Ada. Oh, man. Ada as, like, everyone's new uh, new seamstress is... Uh, I mean, Ava is... Ava and Ada. Ooh, Ava and interact? Ada. Damn. Um, so the real answer is, like, uh, Segura used to hot glue them on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She used to just. She doesn't sleep. I mean, Osiris probably doesn't sleep much either. But like that two hours yeah. that he is sleeping, she's flitting around with a little hot glue gun, making sure his fashion is on point because that's what friends do, and she loves him. Mm-hmm. Picking them up when they fall off in battle, just like <laughs> zipping around and scooping them all up mm-hmm. to get them all set. Oh man! And now it's getting all threadbare because she's not oh. there to get the feathers anymore. I bet Ava does it. I bet Ava's like, I, I, my poor man. Like, I can't see this happening to him. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go at night and I'm going to make sure that he still looks all plush and and fancy. You know, yeah. she's she's filling in those gaps. I believe it. Oh, it's it's when Osiris goes to go get Crow's new fit. Ava is like, well, now that that's settled, stand here. 
and I will fix you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to uh, glue all the feathers back onto He's you. He's like, let me pay you. And she's like, okay, yes, but also my payment will be just like fixing your fit. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> um, who would win in a fight? Ikora, Crucible Champion, Ray, or Osiris? Gee, why'd your mom let you have two Domblades, Osiris? Wait, Osiris and... Whew. Osiris's first and last name are Osiris. Okay. Yes, um, that's true. I think Osiris wouldn't be bothered. No, okay, he wouldn't be bothered, but, like, what if what if Saint was, like, like, Cora would destroy you? Like, she is your pupil, and yet she would wreck your fucking shit. Like, and he's like, you think so? Like, yeah? You think that's what would happen? And they really came through. Mm-hmm. Then it's a good one. I still think... I think Ikora would still win because I think she's more patient. And mm-hmm. I think that that's key. That's key. Ikora is not like, let's push the point. Ikora is the person on my trials team who's like, why push? They're going to come to us. Let's find a good spot. You know what I mean? Like that's, I think that her patience and her, um, she's got years of experience in the crucible too. You know what I mean? Like Osiris mm-hmm. would come through and like blast the shit out of her and then would get like a red card or something and be disqualified. <laughs> he's, he's wearing lucky pants, but he's, he's wearing he's two pairs of lucky pants. Yeah. How did you, no, you can't, you can't have one. What are you? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Um, <laughs> Dibs, who is we both know the answer. Who is the MVP for this episode? Oh, I don't know. If, I mean, there are lots of answers. Um, are there? Yes. Okay. I mean, Sagira, right? Like, okay. Yes. I, it's. Oh. Uh-huh. You're okay. just trying. You're finding an excuse to not say say 14. I mean, it. it hmm. I am. But like. Uh-huh. All right. Let me just actually think about it for a minute. Um, okay. No, it totally is say 14. Yeah, same for <laughs> because like uh, the things that I love about Sagira are, of course, that she is that she's a she's the Digimon, right? Like she mm-hmm. counters Osiris. But I think there is still and she's telling him as she dies, right? Like, listen to other people, ask for help, like get out of your head. But there are moments where I think she's too wrapped up in his his whole stuff to, to mm-hmm. have that distance. Like when she's yelling at Ikora. Like, she gets mad at Ikora. She's like, how fucking dare you not come with us after everything he's done for you? Yeah. Because she's too close um, and loves him too much. You know what I mean? And I think that Saint is that you got to care about the little things. You got to care about people. Mm-hmm. The pigeons, not just the phoenixes. Yeah, exactly. You got to care about the pigeons, which is, isn't it sad that now that Osiris is living a life where he's trying to care about the pigeons is the time when that is making it so he doesn't have time to care about his big pigeon. Mm-hmm. Oh, to care about a big pigeon. Yeah. <sighs> what do you think also? I, 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 if I said not say 14, it would just be me trying to find a, a reason why it wouldn't be St. 14. But um, yeah, like when I think of St. 14 and when I think of Osiris, I think of St. 14 and like their relationship with each other. Uh, you know, they they overcame time. They, uh, like, you know, all, all, the thing that brought Osiris out of, like, retirement, particularly, like, Season of Dawn, was was Saint. Um, yeah. You know, like, when do, when have we ever seen Saint build a giant time machine before? Uh, I think, yeah, uh, a lot of this stuff is, is I think, revolving around around him. And I think, like, the central, the central tension of, like, Osiris as a character is, like, you know, there, there's this, like, classical 
uh, there's this like classical sentiment of like, oh, well, the thing that makes like a good like romance um, is like the impossibility of it. Um, and I, I've heard this people say people say this about like you know Casablanca. Um, the reason why that's such a great romance is because like it can't happen. Um, mm-hmm. And not that Saint and Osiris can't happen because fingers fingers crossed that they do in, in a in like a major way. Yeah, not just. But I want like a give me a fucking big gay wedding, goddammit. Yeah, but it's um, hard, and that's what makes it interesting. Yes, it's like uh, if only he could. You know the 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 fantasy of like oh he some of those reflections went off and found saint and they went off and lived a happy life is like they can't do that in real life the, mm-hmm. the like Osiris is like the city will burn down if we leave um, which isn't so untrue much on our shoulders you know yeah, which I, is so rough I, you saying that like made me think about too like I won't I'll probably find some to recommend for fan fiction but. I don't. I I enjoy reading fan fiction about relationships a lot. Like I enjoy reading shippy content, and I enjoy writing shippy content. And I have written stuff that isn't centered on a relationship and is about or a romantic relationship and is just about a character um, or a friendship, and that's fun too. And sometimes I feel, uh, you know, my there's all these other angles as well. You know, what's with this? And I think that for me, it's like the ways that people get messy and tangled together when they love each other but things are hard I think brings out so many different angles and facets of what it means to be a person that Mm -hmm. is just too delicious to not be completely engrossed with and too exciting to not break apart and explore with writing it's like the way two people hit each other and fit together and yet at the same time bounce completely off of each other and how that shows us like what it is that makes us who we are and what we believe in and what we rage against and what we hope for. That's just like, that's great. I I think it's just a relationships and, and the love that people share and the different variety of shapes that that love holds is just such a cool prism to view humanity through. Um, That, Hmm. that I think is, is the reason why I love reading and writing fan fiction. It's something that I think is done well there, and I think it's something also that's appealing in canon and in literature, and I can't wait to see how it continues to be. The the lights that shine through those prisms and facets as this relationship develops in the story that we're all experiencing. Yeah. Name name uh name a more iconic couple than Osiris and Saint 14. Yeah, it's um, good. No one has no one has dated longer than them. No <laughs> one has dated longer. Yeah. Uh, for for all of the uh, everything that that uh, brings along with it, all right. So uh, Osiris, would you a fire team murder or or kill Osiris? You could so make an argument for any one of these. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. easily. Um, not Kel. More. It's becoming more that that he's demonstrating that he is like Osiris. The way he comes through for Saladin in that empty vessel lore. That's some Kel shit. Like that's some mm-hmm. that's some good shit right there. Yeah. I for me it is honestly fire team. I was surprised how much I felt like Osiris would be someone I would be friends with when I read through mm. this lore again. Like I go I went into it thinking like he's an asshole. And when I read through it, I was actually like, No, I actually really like him. <laughs> like mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, hmm. Uh, murder, I feel like no. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I will say Kel. Particularly thinking now of like, like the Osiris of myth, uh, the the dual dawn blade wielding yeah. Osiris, like isn't isn't here anymore. Um, and and like that that's sad, but like that's 
just that's just true so i think like you know the picking picking kel for osiris is like thinking about osiris's like shift into being this like political animal that is very strange like it's a very new part of of osiris's life uh politics very new to osiris who used to lead the vanguard i don't know it's interesting to see like how he shapes up as a leader i I, also like i think he's a really bad leader he's like obsessed with a lot of shit that's this was the thing that like got him exiled is he was just like always on some other shit yeah um and not actually like doing the sometimes boring work of like like the stuff zavala does of like you know approving everything and uh, like paperwork and all that stuff i i don't know because like you know, in in Boots of the Assembler lore, we still see him being like, "Hey, uh, where's that fucking? Um, where's the gun that's made out of the shell of the the traveler cage?" Um, he he is like he's still the the eccentric wizard, but he's now like the court wizard who like he has a desk job and he's still doing you know all this shit. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know that necessarily falls into to Kel. But man, if you called him a court wizard, he would you in the fucking face yeah it's not untrue um, but yeah um where do we go next okay Who we could go wanna... in a lot of directions right like oh i, I, I mean like the, the obvious answer is saint but like i, I also wait feel on like saint. we've we've covered a lot of saint stuff here we've got a lot of saint stuff coming i feel like coming this season me too so. yeah so i want to wait i want to see like i want to be able to talk about saint when we can talk about like how this arc with them concludes you know what i mean so yeah. i like yeah I like being able to wait on that. Um, I also think this was uh, a big one, um, so I think it, I don't know. I think we could we could I, we could do a smaller character. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I, um, yeah. I, I mean, like Osiris has lived a long and storied life. I think we could actually go. Okay, well, we could do um, uh, Shaira and, and like that whole arc. That'd be cool. Because uh, I feel like that's a very like left field, yeah. One, and that I think that'll take us, and I don't know where that'll take us, uh, and that that's exciting. Awesome. All right. So yeah. also, time. I think a lot of people will be like, "Who the fuck is Shaira?" Yeah, um, and which, we should have more uh, of those characters. Yes. All right. Well, uh, thanks to Izuna Drop for the use of their tracks off the album Million Sunday. You can find more of their music at izunadrop.bandcamp.com. That's i z u n a drop.bandcamp.com. Um. Dibs, do you know who this episode was sponsored by? No, I couldn't say. I know I, I cashed that check, but I didn't read the name, so. Um, I'm looking back at the receipts here. Uh, it says this episode was sponsored by St. 14's Bar and Grill. Oh, yeah. uh, on Tuesdays, come on down for the Lightbearer special. Bring uh, For a limited time, your ghost can also get uh, a tiny pulled pork sandwich. Yeah, I heard that it was like a little bit overcooked the food there but came with impeccable uh-huh. vibes and yeah just a real hearty hearty experience around uh-huh. friendship so i'll be yeah. i'll be coming through um where can people <laughs> find you on the internet dibs yeah hey you can find me on the internet at ml dibs with two b's uh, and i'm matthew rf Beloshek. you can find me on the internet at mrfb all right well it's been <laughs> A long, it's been. a long afternoon. <laughs> 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 oh my god! But you know, Matthew, what I'm what I'm grateful for is that I have someone to talk about Osiris with for five fucking hours on a long. Please, week. four, okay, four, nine, four. 
So, uh, yeah, thank, thank you, Matthew. Thank you, thank you for being my powerful friend. What? Oh, well, oh, thank you, Dibs, and, and thank you for being a counterbalance dog. Oh, yeah, sure. That seems apt, <laughs> honestly. God. You know, you've reduced, you've reduced frequent deviation. Uh-huh. Isn't that... Yeah, that's what I do when I go through and edit this fucking beast of a podcast, <laughs> is I... <laughs> Just for recoil deviation. Yeah, you're just for recoil deviation. Uh huh, uh huh. Okay, let's, let's get the fuck out of here. You ready to hit stop on 3, 2, 1? post about someone being like once a week or so like twice a week i hear the like ice cream trunk song but it's a little bit different and i go and it's the knife sharpening truck <laughs> no and there's just this truck that comes come on through. kids bring your knives it's get them sharpened it's hanging in knives and it makes mama, like a slightly mama, different knife truck. <laughs> it's so uh-huh, good i love yeah. it it's the future i want mom can i have a dollar i want to get the knives sharpened honestly Please, honestly, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'll go get ice cream when I want a treat. I, someone who comes through twice a week to sharpen my knives, thank you. Oof. I need that. Uh, <laughs> sounds like there's a fire truck also. Yeah, I just heard that one. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I was trying to be very quiet so you can just, like, mute that section of my audio. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a bunch of trucks having fun out there. Yeah. Partying together. Trucks just wanna have fun. Oh, trucks <laughs> just wanna have fun. Just wanna, just wanna. Well, 